Yes. Here we go. Welcome Wednesday night. This is the glorified version of a Bass Fishing Talk Show. I am your host, Pat Renwick. And Bass Galaxy, come on. Give it up right now. Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. If you haven't told your friends, if you haven't told everybody you know that loves bass fishing and loves to wind a plug, let them know David Fritz is on Stray Cast tonight. Yes. Yes. Can you believe it? David Fritz. Yes. Bassmaster Classic winner, Forest Wood Cub winner, plug designer, derb man, proper bassin' man. David Fritz, give it up again for David Fritz. Yes. Yes. Good evening, glory, hallelujah to ya. That's the deal right there. Pretty excited about that. We've uh, we've had David on before at the uh, at the Forestwood Cup, um, and uh, done some things with Pass University with uh, with David. But uh, really excited to get him here uh, at the Straight Cast Studio, and we're going to get in depth in the art of plugging with uh, with Fritz. So uh, we cannot wait uh, uh, to talk to David tonight. But let's get the business first. Business first. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, the guy producing the heck out of this thing over there is uh, Andrew Ellenberger, the ginger ninja. The ninja, yeah. Hello, ninja. How are you? Hola. How See, I, I, uh, I, was, I was seeing if you were on your toes, and you're on your toes. Yeah. You're good. You are good. You are good, Ginge. Hey, uh, uh, Crestliner keeps us afloat, Ginge, don't it? It does. It sure does. And I uh, want to remind everybody, just because... There are no boat shows. You can go to the uh, Crestliner Real Deal Savings Events right now uh, at Crestliner.com. Uh, and there's virtual boat shows. So anything uh, you need to know about the entire Crestliner line, uh, go to Crestliner.com. Boom. Right there. Hey, Andy. Yes, sir. Guess what? Hmm. Stray Cast. Like and share. Live Facebook feed. Win stuff. Yes, sir. Boom. Kapow. Big one today. Yeah, yeah, like it's a double whammy today. It's a big one. Double whammy today. So the first one, Andy, Omnia Fishing. The good people over at Omnia.com. Yes. Yes. Brad, Matt, Pistolero, Chris, all the good guys over there. Uh, They uh, are giving you, the Bass Galaxy, a chance to win a $50 code. TomNeaFishing.com. Uh, you can use... Yeah, I saw you like it. That's correct. Winding it up. Yes. Y'all wow. Is wow the word? It could be. Because a word now. Uh, OmniaFishing.com, uh, $50 redemption code. All you have to do is like and share this live Facebook feed. Like and share the feed. Boom. And uh, your chance to win. Jake Haas is going to pick the winner. At the end of the show, but get this. For tonight's prizes, you have to be present live to win. <laughs> because we're giving away, we're giving away a bunch tonight. Uh, the next deal, along in conjunction with the Omnia like and share, another chance to win eight. I whoop, I cut there. Eight Berkeley Biggins. <gasps> Fritz side biggins from Berkeley. Eight of them. Eight of them. Yeah! Compliments of Berkeley Fishing and B. Rad Rutherford over at, at Berkeley. 
Um, like and share this live Facebook feed. So a chance to win over 13 Fritz side plugs if you choose. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. That, I mean, Fritz side's the hottest bait in the country right now. Not kidding. And David is going to pick the winner live uh, of the, uh, the Fritz side biggins from Berkeley. Um, okay, let's move along. The uh, everybody knows that uh, that we raise a glass and let's see what salutes in that glass every Wednesday night uh, on Straycast. The tin cup drinking word of the week, the drinking game of the week word is crank plug. What do you think about that, Andy? I think we're going to have a lot of those. <laughs> drink plug. <laughs> so we remind you, drink responsibly. And uh, you can drink whatever you choose out of your uh, tin cup. Uh, you could, whatever. Mountain Dew. Yeah. We'll talk more about that next week. Mountain Dew. Uh, but uh, anyway, hey, tin cup word of the week, crank plug. When you hear the word crank plug. Let her rip. Especially you, Tin uh, Luke Foley. I said Tin Foley almost. One Tin Foley rides away. That's the uh, the tin cup uh, whiskey gypsy. Uh, the word of the week, crank plug. You hear crank plug? That's the tin cup word of the week. Uh, Berkeley fishing again. Um, Fritz side's hottest bait in the country. Hottest bait in the country, man. Um, <laughs> it's the time. It's winding time. If you hadn't didn't see the uh, the last derb over there, everybody but Gussie was uh, was throwing the Fritz side and. Uh, um, uh, congratulations to Gussie, by the way. <laughs> Jeff Gustafano Chantan Saint-Vantin Stefano I think Gus is on the Kevin Van Darn show tonight. He is. Doing something over there at Plano. I'm just going to keep texting him all night. Yeah, so just keep, let's just blow up Gus all the time. Uh, but yeah, Gus is coming on next week with uh, uh, the Sleepjackers. Yeah! So it's, uh, it's a uh, Tennessee River elite champion, Jeff Gustafson, with... Uh, um, the Johnston brothers, Chris Grow, Matthew Robertson, and uh, Seth Fighter next week. All the Jackers and everything. It's going to be a celebrity roast. Yeah, it's going to be a celebrity roast next week. So don't miss that one. Mark your calendars now. Um, THMarinesupplies.com. Uh, the deal is, Andy, how about that apparel over there at TH Marine Supplies? Yeah, they got some new stuff. Yeah, the new, can- the, uh, new uh, tie-dye, tie-dye stuff. Yeah. So when um, COVID's over and whoever's left in the Grateful Dead starts touring again, you it. have TH uh, Marine uh, tie-dye stuff. Go, go to, to go. THMarinesupplies.com. Also, uh, speaking of apparel, do not forget about checking out the new CX uh, Rainwear from Sims. Yes. Uh, revolutionizing the game of Rainwear. Uh, speaking of revolutionizing, the crank master himself, David Fritz is right around the corner. May I suggest you put the power poles down, tell your friends, phone a friend, text them, tell them on the book face, tell them on the Instagram, tell them on the Twitter, tell them on the tickety-tock-tock-tock-tick. David Fritz is coming on straight cast. We'll be right back. This is the mountain, and this is mountain whiskey. Unspoiled, untamed, forever wild. There's no safety net, no way down. Up here, it's just man and the mountain and his tin cup. Tin cup whiskey. Mountain whiskey. 
Nobody wants to run out of power when they're on the water. There is a better way. Introducing the Charge Marine Power Management Station from PowerPole that does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system. PowerPole Charge. The TH Marine HydroWave H2 KVD Edition is a surefire way to ignite a feeding frenzy. The HydroWave utilizes a sound emitting technology that imitates bait fish and other feeding fish below the surface that preys on the competitive nature of bass and other game fish to get you more bites. The HydroWave is another way that TH Marine has you covered from transom to trolling motor. We are proud. I can't hear anything. Ladies and gentlemen. And one. There it is. Yes, now I can hear. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to bring to you the king of cranking, the duke of plugs, the one and only Bassmaster Classic champion, angler of the year, and FLW Cup champion, plug designer, Bass Galaxy, give it up for David Fritz. Yes. Yes. There it is, right there. Welcome, Dave. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about the confusion at the beginning. I could not hear anything or or hear me. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we got it together, and I'm glad you're here, man. It's good to see you. Where are you right now? Uh, right now I'm in Alabama. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you you are a fishing gypsy. You've been for years. You you you, you travel everywhere, man. Well, that sort of goes along with the with the fishing part of it. We're, we uh, people ask where you live. You live where you are. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, and and fishing in the moment is why you've been successful, man. These uh, yeah. th through these years, and um, let's just, I mean, let's start off. Uh, let's talk about you, David Fritz, right now. And uh, let's, uh, you know, let's kind of go back in time uh, from there. But a great finish, man, on the, the Tennessee River. 11th place for Dave Fritz. Not bad, bud. Not bad. Winding the old biggin. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, <clears throat> that was a good tournament. I, uh, I, I sort of was impressed myself because I didn't know how I didn't even know if I was going to be able to fish it or not. I, I was going to see how I held up and, and I was energyless there for a little while. And, and I don't know, I just found some energy somewhere enough to make it through the tournament. So, uh, I stayed close, uh, and do, uh, done what I like doing the most. And it just worked out. I actually I had the opportunity. I should have been way up there. You lost a few fish. Yeah, I lost a, a really good one the first day and the last day. Um, 
And, you know, I just needed one of them. <laughs> I, just, I had a pound and a uh, pound 1.47 or something like that in the boat. So uh, I needed one more pound. I mean, let's let's face it, though. I mean, you came out of out of hell and uh, and took an eleventh place finish. That's pretty good, David, considering the circumstances of dealing with the COVID battle and and the effect it had on you, and and then coming out and fishing, uh, you know, three days of an elite series event. That's quite an accomplishment. Seriously, it really is. Well, you know, fishing a tournament takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of stamina, a lot of energy, um, a lot more than a lot of people realize. And, and, you know, you got to be in pretty, pretty decent shape. So, and that's something that I'm not, I haven't got my stamina back yet, but I am getting there. I'm getting a whole lot better. Good. I, I mean, and you look great, seriously. Thank you. I mean, you really look, you look good, man. And, um, and obviously you're ready to kick ass by your, by your finish there and, and at the river. So, um, and, yeah. in, in the next event, David is, is coming along. That's in your wheelhouse too, man. At Pickwick, that, that's a winding derb. Yeah. Well, Pickwick's always been a, a, a good lake. I've had, uh, I don't know, maybe the last BASS I pitched there, maybe I finished second. I, or maybe it was the one before the last one. I don't know, but I've had some good finishes there. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know you got good, uh, good history, and obviously that's uh, that's historically that's a Winders Lake, Pickwick. Uh, it, it is. Like a lot, a lot of your peers have won quite a bit of money on a plug there too. You know, so, <laughs> so I mean, uh, it, it sets up well for you. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, let let's just face it, you. Let me ask you, how many times a day do you think about crankbaits? Like, how many times a day? <laughs> <laughs> like 99.9%. <laughs> <laughs> so the majority of the time, you are thinking about crankbaits. So I got to figure this out. Why? That's what I want to have you on the show tonight to celebrate your career and figure out your infatuation with the crank plug. I mean, you are the winder of winders, dude, and it's an honor for me. Uh, I mean that quite sincerely to have you on this show, um, as well as uh, to share this with the entire Bass Galaxy. So I, I want to take you back. Okay, let's go back to the, to the roots of you, David Fritz. Way back in the way. Here, Andy's taking you back in the way back machine. It's like a time machine. The Great Kazoo, right there. So where did it start? What was the love affair with the plug? Where did the love affair start with it, Dave? How old were you? Be specific. I guess I was pretty fortunate living there in Lexington. And, you know, we had High Rock Lake. We had Turtle Reservoir. We had a lot of good crankbait lakes. And uh, and in the High Rock Bassmasters, we had some, some fellas in there that, was always winning with them. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe I need to try to win with it. And, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, when I very, when the first started bass fishing, I could never catch one on plastic because every time I touch a rock or something, I think I was getting a bite. Stop but I knew if I could tie that crankbait on and throw it out there and wind it back in, I was going to catch something before the day was over. And that's that sort of uh, where crankbaits have led me. And Obviously, the more you fish something, the more you learn about it. Then 
you know, you're always constantly thinking what makes them tick and, and, you know, what can I do to make these, what I'm fishing with better? And, and I don't know, over the years when we've been able to make a lot of things better. So, um, crane, crane bait fishing has come a long, long way from where it was yeah. back in the, uh, Oh, oh, obviously. And what, and I, like, so the I motive, the motivation for you was the, oh, what do you got there, David? Well, I was just thinking, you know, you look at these baits right here. Actually, this is <laughs> this is one of the original baits. This is a pose lure. I and see that. I haven't fished it in years and years and years, but you beat the tar out of it. I think I, well, this thing has probably won me more money than anything I ever had tied on. Um, wow. Obviously, we didn't have the frit size back then, and we didn't have some other. <laughs> But at the time, it, it, it just gives you an example of how far crankbaits have come. Uh, I mean, you can look at these baits right here, and uh, let me grab this other one here. You know, you look at them and look at the tails. One tail is really fat, one tail is really thin. And, and yeah, you know, that has something to do with, with baits. And that's the way wooden baits were, and being able to, to pick out a really good one was a big key and being successful with it. And, you know, this day and time, um, since we figured out how to make uh, our plastic baits act like wood and fish like wood, it is it, it, it has been tremendous. The, I think the it's got to be the greatest thing that has ever hit crankbait fishing. It's pretty you know, neat. That, it it really is. You see that in that bait. And, and, you know, we have the knowledge, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with Berkeley now. So, and I've been with a lot of companies, but, um, we have the knowledge between Dan Spangler and, and Keith Ostrom and, uh, Kelly up there that working on a computer, it, it, it's amazing what we can do. And, and it, like right now, our dredgers and you're familiar with the dredgers and you're familiar oh, yeah. with with the diggers and some of the other baits. Well, we know right now how to make them run four feet deep. I mean, and make them act like wood. We know how to do that. And you're probably going to see that. So, um, <laughs> and, and it's been a, it, it's been a lot of work, but when you got good people around you and, and Keith Austin, he, he tickles me every <laughs> time. I hadn't seen him in a while, but I, we'll be up there. And I said, we need to do this. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, the next morning he comes in. Well, maybe we can do oh, that. Oh, see, he was thinking about it, David. He was thinking about it. You got under his skin a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so what was the first plug, though? I got to know. What was the first one that you really fell in love with? Well, I started out with Bagley, and Bagley was was the bait way back. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got some. Uh, I got a DB three. That was before. That was before anything. And uh, yeah, I didn't bring any Bagleys in, but we had. I got a DB three right here. I'm holding up to the to the to the audience, no. and then here I hold it up to your camera, David. I don't know if you can. And that's really how I become successful, and that was putting some weight in it to make it throw better. Really? Where did you put the weight? Where was the weight, David? Huh? Where did you put the weight? You put the weight between the front eye hanger and the and the very front of the bait. 
Uh, you drilled a hole in it. You poured hot lead in it. Sealed it up with epoxy, and uh, and that bait become a deadly weapon. Wow! And that and is a DB three that you're talking about. That's a DB three. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And the two, and the two. We did. I did the twos also, but the threes was a uh, the big deal because I was fishing, you know, two or three deeper than fish have ever seen a frame bait before. Yeah. And I, I remember one time. It must have been 81, 80 or 81, may have even been 79. But when I got that thing rolling, it's like, I won like eight tournaments in a row on that. And people, <laughs> they think you're cheating and all kinds of stuff, but it wasn't that. We did, I just knew how to catch them and I knew how to get that bait to do certain things. And that's what really started my love of crank baits. And, and figuring out how to do things that actually makes them better. And, you know, this day and time, we know that, and and, and we give that to the fishermen. I mean, when you buy, buy a certain bait, I mean, you're getting the best they are. It's cranking science. You're all about it. I, but I got to yeah. ask you this, on that DB3 deal, when you're adding the, since balsa is always different, wood's always different, and you've, you've kind of licked it. I'm a way different, yes. Yeah, and you lick that problem with the plastic now. And, 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 but, the, but the deal is, did you always have to add different amount of weight when you did the drilling on a, on a DB3? <laughs> or was it consistently like a... Let, let me tell you, I had me a drill press, and I had a five-gallon bucket of water sitting right there beside of me. Okay. And I would pour lead in it, and I would drop in that bucket. And if it was perfect, it would barely float, but not sink. Then it was right. If it floated more upright, I would put more lead in it because wow. everyone was different. So uh, if you got it real close, you could sort of refine it a little bit with the size hooks you use. But um, I wanted it to be set in the water like this, where it went straight down. Right. And like, okay. Still, like a eighth of an inch of the tail sticking out of the water gotcha okay so it, it wasn't like you you had a pattern you could do everyone the same every bait was individual and the pose were the same way every bait was individual and you had to do each one of them individual did you start with us was it always a specific depth of the drill press was it always like a you started so you always started with that and then filled a certain amount and then and then filled up from there if i'm understanding correct yeah, I would, you know, you can only drill so far and you try to hit where the back of the lip is and the body and where that front, the front hook hanger has lead in it. Yes. And it come up, but it's just, and, and you want to hit it right in the corner. And most of the time, I, a lot of times I would drop the bait in the water before I even drilled it just to see how buoyant it was, if it was a heavy bait or if it was a light bait. And I went from there and actually uh, could sort of guesstimate how, how deep I needed it. Uh, all, the, all the holes were the same. I don't remember. I think it was 3 sixteenths. And I had tape on my drill bit <laughs> to where I wanted to drill it to. So, you know, <laughs> this is nothing awesome. scientific, but doing the best I could do with, with what I had. So, in, which bait in the Berkeley line, in your opinion, right now, which dredger is a DB3 
a modified DB3? We're real close with the 14. Okay. Uh, the 14.5. But the 17.5 is exactly, uh, actually will run deeper. A uh, 17.5 is like my modified pose, my modified Bagley. It's like the 6XD. It's like a lot of other baits. But it's a little smaller bait, too. So That's the uh, 17.5? 17.5. That's one of my favorites. The 17.5 is just... A, a good bait. Most of them will run 18 or 19, uh, 10 pound test, um, you know, long cast, uh, the whole deal. You can't throw it the length of a room and get it that deep. But if you can cast, you can get it that deep. <laughs> if you could throw a bit. And then the 14.5 yeah. is more like an unmodified DB3 or pose 300, 400? It's real close. Our 14.5 is a two and a half inch bait. And we actually, can get this bait 15 feet deep gotcha. a two and a half inch bait and that's five feet deeper than anything else that's even close to it so and and now we know how to make it even run three or four foot deeper than that and i i knew that this was going to be real strong in the northern market around the small mouth yeah because but... you can stay down on the size of bait and yet you're getting down there to where the, where they're at but uh, the 14.5 is a killer bait. I mean, it, it's one of the best kept secrets uh, along with the, with the diggers. I mean, two of the best kept secrets we have, and they just have a, people don't talk about them. It's sort of like the bad shad was when it came out. Everybody's winning tournaments with it, but nobody would tell you <laughs> what they was winning them on. And they wanted to keep it to themselves, and, and it sort of got out a little bit, but that's the way these baits are. Yeah, and now uh, the Fritz side's doing the same thing, and we'll get to them. <laughs> well, the Fritz, Fritz side is just a different animal. Oh. You know, uh, old Dan Spangler up there in, in Spirit Lake, uh, uh, we worked on these, and we worked on them. And I told Dan, I said, I always tell them, I always test them. I always tell them, you know, we let's see if we can make it better. And when we think we've got something as good as we can get it, we always strive to make it better. And when that happens, if you make it better, it's going to be the best thing you ever tied on. And that's what happened to the Fritz side, uh, moving those weights to the bottom. And I, I remember we called Ronnie Manrose and asked him, do we want to paint over this or do we want to leave them exposed? And he said, <laughs> you know what? I was sort of wanting to leave them exposed too. And uh, Kevin over there at Berkeley and, and Brad, we all thought, you know what? That People can see sort of how this thing is built. I like but it. when that happened, this, this bait became a consistent fish-like wood bait. And the wood baits in the past, you'd have to buy 20 of them. And then you'd get lucky to have one really good one. You're right. And that's the way wood baits were. And what is so consistent when we figured this out was that you buy 10 of them, your son can tie one on, throw it out there, and he's going to catch one with it. I mean, it, it is just that good and that consistent. Every one of them is consistent. And then it boils down to how far you can cast and and – you know, what size line you're using, and it boils down to that because the bait's as good as it can be. Let me ask you this, um, and tell me what you think about this this statement. 
I've never seen a crankbait ever. And, and you and I have had many plug-in discussions. You, you know, you know I like to throw a plug and wind. So I've never seen a crankbait like the Fritz side where fish actually track it as much as they do. Like a like a swim bait or a swim jig or a, or that or that chatterbait bite, you know, you you've I know you've noticed that. I mean, yeah. they track that crankbait like I've never seen. Why? What is it? Well, one thing, that bait has no action like nothing else. I mean, uh, when Dan and I were back there at the tanks uh, watching this thing, and, and believe it or not, you know, we develop a bait that's not developed in a week and put out. It, and we're talking about, you know, a year's worth of work. Maybe the dredgers were actually three years and actually 29 different bodies before we come upon Damn. The, the real key. And that bait has so much twist, so much, we call it roll. There, there's nothing else like it. I mean, it's three quarters of an inch this way, three quarters of an inch that way. And then when you combine it with the wiggle, then that's the big key. And that's how uh, we, and I have to say, you know, we were probably a little bit lucky because we got, the hottest selling crankbait, the best fish catching this crankbait has ever been made. I mean, it's improved itself. Five or six major. Whoop, lost Dave's audio. So anyway, it's just, and, and, and I'm amazed and I made the thing and I'm amazed when I fish it. it it's like fish a choke it. And you know you're not going to buy fish. I mean, if 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 you're where a fish is, he's going to bite it, and that that's the good thing about the Fritz side. It really it it. I can honestly say that every time I have gone fishing and thrown Fritz sides, I've caught fish on them. Every time, <laughs> every time. I it's, I've never seen Everybody. a bait like it. So I my, heard you my say phone is blew up, you, and, and it stays blown up. Where can I get these at? I've never seen anything like it. Uh, sending me pictures of four and five, six, seven pounders with it down <laughs> in their goozle. And I, I mean, I send them to some of the guys at Berkeley occasionally, but but my phone stays blew up. I mean, yeah. it's like, man alive. It's it, And it's really a good feeling to know that all your hard work, you know, being with Bagley, making base for them, being with Pose and then being with Rapala, and then being with Berkeley. And it's just, it's a special feeling to be able to develop something. And those guys, I mean, when I get up there to Spirit Lake, Iowa, I've never worked with a company that was so interested in how well their bait performed as I have with Berkeley. They they have been, and you know everybody wants to sell baits, and but the thing is, you know they want to sell baits, but they want them to work. They want them to be the best, and that's something that I sort of realized early on, what seven or eight years ago. And you know Berkeley asked me, I don't know, I turned them down five times. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you're a baller. Well, I don't know. I was just, just, you know, I just turned them down because I was just a little nervous about it. And then, it, and, and old Jeff Williamson said, well, we'll do you a product contract. You just, you ain't got to worry about losing your sponsorship. And, 
And when when I seen how much they cared about doing that, you were with Rapala at the time. No, okay. No, I Rapala had done moved on. So gotcha. Um, okay. So it, it, I, actually, I wasn't with anybody, but oh, I was just free real agent. nervous about it. And uh, because I have certain feelings, um, and I like to express myself, and. I'm really hard. You can ask those guys, anybody, I, I'm hard on them because if that bait is not absolutely perfect, we ain't making it. Okay, and wait, I hold on. Let me that. let me stop you a minute. You said you have you have feelings and you like to express yourself. And you mean yeah. to the people at Berkeley? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, and they let me. So you hammer them, in other words? You're like, if this ain't right, you're letting them know. I don't know that I tied a quarter to any of the Berkeley baits yet, but that used to be one of my things. It, it, a lot of times I would, they'd send me a prototype back and I'd take a quarter to it and send it back to them. And I said, now it's worth something. Oh, <laughs> wow. They, uh, yeah, you know, Rappel about killed me when I did that one time. He called me and, and. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's Fritz Mafia stuff right that's there. A, that's a true story. That's a true story. <laughs> and, uh, this is the guy that rejected Berkeley five times, now sending him baits with quarters taped to him. That, <laughs> that's that's pretty badass right there. <laughs> yeah. and, I, I have never I've never had the opportunity to tape a quarter to a Berkeley bait. So <laughs> if it tells you anything now, everything else, yes, I have. No, but, wow. Uh, uh, the Yarmo Rappler is the one that really got it. Really got to him, and uh, yeah, he didn't like that. He didn't like that. Oh, oh, he told me oh, what the quarter was for. I said, "Well, it's worth something now." Well, <laughs> that was to Rappler. <laughs> yeah, that was the Rappler. I've never had to tape a quarter yet, to, which I had the last say so. You know, men. I don't know. Dan Spangler is one of those guys that is an exceptional person. He has learned so much about the business and so much uh, about tweaking things. And, you know, we, we work hand in hand and he has learned that sometimes little bitty things make a big, big difference. And, and he's willing to do whatever. And that's something that you can't hardly find. So don't fire that guy. He's the best you got. <laughs> 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 Good old Dan. Heck yeah. They're the best team that could ever be. That's, so, uh, that's pretty awesome. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Just for history purposes, you, and everybody needs to realize this, pretty much every crank plug that you, that they are throwing today is a variation of something you have had a hand in. What, whatever it, it may be. I think that's a reality. Do you agree with that statement? Well, it's probably close. I mean, probably 50% of the baits that are thrown is something that, that I had a hand in. Gotcha. And you, so you've designed for, for Bagley? Bagley, I made the dredger. The dredger. That was the DB3 with the lead in it. Yeah, but they couldn't do it. They, they wouldn't do it right. So it didn't last very long. Yes. So you took. Take the time. But yeah, that, and then the imposed. I made the, the 400 P, which is a deeper version. And that was a really, really popular bait there for a long time. Um, 
And then with Rapala, you know, uh, the DT6 is probably the most popular, but everything that's got DT on it stands for David T. Fritz. Gotcha. Okay. So that's, uh, Not dives too. It dives too, but that's sort of where the DT come from. And what's the T stand for? Huh? Thomas? Yeah, David Thomas Fritz. David yeah. Thomas Fritz. Okay. My, gotcha. grandpa, my grandpa's name, we called him DT. Okay. Okay. Cool. You know what? And I, I handed him all that stuff on a platter, sort of. I said, you know, we can call it uh, dives to or down to. And it just all worked out. And, and it really was a good bait. Uh, obviously, I think we got some a little better stuff right now because, uh, you know, we're, we're making plastic baits act like wood. So, um, the, and I know the bad shad and the shad wrap was always a fantastic bait. So we made one that you can actually cast and that's what that thing looks like. But this thing wins tournaments coming and going and just nobody talks about it. The old bad but shad. Yeah. Oh yeah. The tail actually makes it, the tail actually rolls instead of makes a slice. So that was a big key on this. Um, a year's work right there. So almost all these baits, uh, the dredgers were three years work. Uh, the flat, the Fritz side was probably close to two years on and off. Now that that's not solid. That's sort of working on and on and off. And, you know, all these baits, the, the dredgers, this is a 25 five and it's probably as good a deep diving crane bait as you ever tie on. Some areas, that's that's all anybody throws. But it, it's sort of one of those deals where, yeah, it runs 25 for a short period of time, but it runs 22 a long way. And okay. <laughs> I never will forget, I never will forget was at Spirit Lake, and we made this thing. And, I, and, and we've been working on a 30-footer, too, and they'll probably get on me for telling you that. But, uh, wow. <laughs> um we went out to the lake and we're throwing this thing. And I said, boys, we got to find a deeper lake. <laughs> I'm hitting the bottom halfway to the bottom. Because I'm in the, I'm in 23 or 24 feet of water. And this bait runs deeper than that. <laughs> so they got a big kick out of that. But that, that's one of the grinding you know, the bottom that's, out. That's the kind of guys them are. But uh, <laughs> so we have the knowledge and, and I can promise you, you need to be, everybody out there listening needs to be looking because we're going to have a few other baits in our lineup that fishes just like wood. And I can take. Oh, I heard. That bait right there run deeper than any or most people's deep crane bait. And this is a two and a half inch bait. We have the knowledge to make this bait run four foot deep right now. And, and we just got to get it out there. And, you know, it's probably going to be called Fritzside too, more than likely, because <laughs> that has just been strong. And I like it. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, yeah. I, so, the, I mean, it, the evolution. I mean, think about it. B the Bagley, wait, adding weight, and then you move to Pose. The Pose, the 300, the 400, that's your design, right? That That's yep. your deal, correct? And then what's yeah. what's the one now? I have this pose in my hand, and it's a it's a flat pose bait. It says pose elite, and uh, say, you want to see on it? say it again. 
Does it say RC3 or RC1? No, no, no. It's I know the RC3s and 1s. It, this is a Pose Elite, and it's in that Homer color. Uh, and it looks like a just like a dang Fritz Side 7, man. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that bait. That must be something that's newer. No, uh, it's old. I, it's a, I promise you, it's classic. I'm going to snap you a photo of it. Because uh, yeah. I know you can't see it. I, I know if you saw it, you'd know. But um, yeah, it, a lot of people struggle with flat sides, and you can make them look like the best crankbait out there. But it, it's all about a combination of things, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. But it's all about a combination of things, and that's that's why the Fritz side is where it is. I don't know that anybody can copy that. They may get close, but I don't think they can copy it just because. Uh, you know, all those, all those guys up there on crankbait row, we, we know what makes that bait tick. <laughs> all the guys on crankbait row, you said. <laughs> they call it, when I'm there, they call it crankbait row. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. You all coming out to crankbait row. That's pretty good, man. Hey, I want to go through, uh, I want to go through the years with you. Okay. And every victory that you have had, you, you've pretty much won on a plug, right? Uh, I won one tournament on a jig, and plastic <laughs> has helped me tremendously. Uh, I probably caught one on a plug that I wouldn't have won the tournament without, and then there's been times where I caught one on, on a piece of plastic that I wouldn't have won. I get it. Uh, but the plug has so always we, played the role. It's been the dominant bait, yes. Gotcha. So let's, let's kind of go through – through the, the 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 history. Well, before we go, I think we'd be amiss if we didn't mention uh, your buddy Jerry, your buddy Jerry, the bait maker. Old Jerry, yeah, Lord. Jerry Lord. Yeah, T tell me a little bit and tell the Bass Galaxy the importance of of Jerry Lore and crankbait design. Well, Jerry, we fished together for years. That's how I learned. Uh, pretty much learned fishing. Uh, and Jerry, he he was a hard worker. And, and 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 I can tell you, I had the brains, but he had the castability and the know-how. Uh, but I, <laughs> I always say we need to go. And and I'll tell you a story about Jerry. I know this ain't got anything to do with it. I, I never oh, will forget. Do. We went up to Bugs Island, and I said, Jerry, I know where they're at. I said they're they are big, and I just found this little place. And I told I told Jerry, I said they're biting a blue and pearl the old timey blue and with, with pearl sides. He said, Oh, they'll bite anything I got. So anyway, <laughs> he ties on Homer, which is chartreuse and the greenback. We go flying up there and I saw it and I throw out there, I think five casts, I catch five over seven. Wow. Oh I mean, gosh. Like, and he was just sitting there with the net. He's <laughs> your net man. <laughs> and then Jerry says, let me throw in there. He got his bait out. <laughs> he threw in there. He didn't catch one. And I'm sitting there waiting. And he threw two or three more times. He didn't catch one. I said, what'd you do to him? I threw my old blue back out there and caught me another one about six and a half. Wow. Rounded in. Next thing I know, he was down there in his box looking for a blue. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry, Jerry always said, color doesn't matter. Wow. But it sure it, did, it, didn't it? He learned something that day, but Jerry is, uh, 
you know, he's been a lover of crankbaits and, and he's been a lover of flat sides too. Um, but he's been like all of us. We sort of struggle with them. In fact, he don't make them anymore. He was cutting everyone on out with a router by hand. Wow. And, uh, I mean, he was selling these things for $20, but he had three hours of work in them. So you know how much money he was making. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Absolutely <laughs> Three nothing. hours of work and, and you're making, uh, you're selling one for 20 bucks. But, uh, he had, a, he had some good lords. I never threw them very much because I was always with somebody else. And, uh, but Jerry knew a lot. He, he made a flat side bait run almost 20 feet deep. So, and that's saying something that, that, that takes a little bit of doing. And, uh, anyway, he's been, me and Jerry go way, way back. And he taught me a lot about fishing, a lot about fishing. And, uh, and this was actually, he just started making baits, uh, maybe 10, eight or 10 years after, after I was fishing BASS and some of the other, uh, pro tours. So. I never got in on, on, on helping him very much. He'd, he'd call me and ask me my opinion and I'd give it to him, but <laughs> he didn't need it. He, 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 he about knew, uh, what it took. Hey, who, who the, who the heck is, uh, John Wayne Leonard? John Wayne Leonard. Yeah. Who, who, that's a cool name. John Wayne he, Leonard. He, is. he was a guy that when I was in a bass club in 1975, 1976, 1978. He was a guy in the club that probably helped me more than anybody. Um, and John was a, a good structure fisherman. He didn't fish crankbaits. He fished plastic. Okay. But, but he, he showed me a lot of, uh, and gave me a lot of ideas. You know, back then we used to find them with our lures. You didn't have to find them with your electronics. You find, you, you went out there and you worked hard and you find them with your lures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a lot different the now, feelers. but, uh, uh, but that's what I learned a lot from John. I, I learned that, uh, going out there working hard and looking for certain kinds of breaks. And that's when I learned so much about the flasher, you know, how immediate it is, what kind of breaks the fish got on. And, and that's all I would look for. That's all I'd look for. And, and most people didn't know that. And that, that helped me go a long way in fishing. And, and I always credit John with probably helping me with electronics. He got you outside a little bit, didn't he? He pushed you outside off the bank a yeah. bit. And yeah. he, <laughs> it did. And, and I mean, and, and perfect that that was a great uh, lead up there, David, because um, here's the guy that kind of got you comfortable with fishing derbs. And, and then let's lead, lead up to the real comfortableness of, 1990 and 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 bugs island okay (laughs) so what i'd like to do is go back to that whole deal of of the crank plug being the dominant bait of choice in all your victories and i'd like to go through each each one of your victories here briefly and and kind of talk about the bait you used to win and the rod and reel setups as well you know and i kind of want to see the progression in time here 
uh, of, yeah. of your setups and, and baits if you're cool with that. And yeah. and again, let's start at 1990, and that's that's Bugs Island, and uh, and that was of course that was a pose bait, right? That you won on. That was a pose 400 and a pose 400 uh, P. Uh, that was an old lose BB one. You know, I, I started with lose reels in 19. 1975, I graduated from school, and that was my present for graduating that wow. I bought myself. Wow. That you bought yourself. <laughs> it was 102 bucks. Holy and cow. I thought, man, but, man, they wound so good, and you could throw them so far. And and even even today, you can actually throw them further. But uh, that, was, that was my love. I mean – that thing was probably, I actually think I slept with it when I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I can relate, man. I still do that. <laughs> I did. And, you know, now we have the same, the same thing. You know, we've got the BB1s. They're a little more fancier. And we got the BB1 Pros. And, but they still, I, they're probably better than the old reels. Um, just because... They cast so far, they're so, so smooth, and yeah, guess what? The handle goes backwards. Uh -huh, yeah. I mean, you've talked about that before, but yes, they, sir. you know, they they're a multi-stop, they're not infinite inverse reels, and that helps you a lot, especially if you're learning how to fish a frame bait. There, there's no substitute for there's that. just like the one that you got in 1975 that you bought for yourself yep. as a graduation present. Yeah, that's I mean, right. Uh, that it has no instant anti reverse, and right. uh, and you have told me before, um, why you prefer that, and but not everybody knows the answer to that. And <laughs> could you could you please tell everybody why you don't you like a little play in the reel handle? What's the purpose there? Well, one thing when you take that instant anti reverse clutch out of there, you can throw it further for one thing. And you can feel your bait vibrate. You can feel when it hits the water, I can feel it vibrate. And you cannot do that with an infinite and reverse uh, reel. You Why? cannot feel that bait till it gets about halfway back. I know oh, uh, uh, a couple people that that thought I was just pulling their leg until I put one in their hand. And, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people have learned. Uh, because the better you feed your bait, the more you're going to catch. And, sure. and even the, the extra distance, and I'm not talking about a lot, but I'm talking about eight yards, eight or nine yards. And that's a lot, especially deep cranking. That, that, that's a lot. And they're five, one or 21 inch per turn, the same as the old blues. Um, this reel, and I've got a Fritz side digging on right here. I don't know how good you can see it, but oh, yeah. that's actually the one I used last week. Um, What's that, honey shad? Or I couldn't tell. Yeah, honey shad. But they were biting Kentucky blue real good too. Uh, they seem to be on a shad pattern. Everybody's throwing red. And actually, you know, some of the guys that that done real good in that tournament on homemade flat sided crankbaits, it's a good thing you didn't read the bottom of them. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Just a fact. But anyway, um, this is a 6.8 rod, and this is my perfect crankbait rod. And I really, you know, it's a $79 rod. And if you want to throw a chatterbait, a spinnerbait, or a small, medium crankbait throwing at a target, 
it doesn't get any better than this rod, especially, uh, you know, making long casts with the reels. But that's that, your lose that's rod. Perfect crank. Yeah, it's a, it's a lose. It's got my name on it. I don't know why they put my name on it, but it's got my name on it. Because <laughs> it's your rod. Yeah. And, and if you lose it, you know it's yours. Like if you go to school, all the kids know it's yours in case you lose it, like your lunch box. Yeah, yeah. they actually, uh, uh, one of their best sellers too, because, you know, it's 79 bucks and you can't buy very much for $79 anymore. But, um, but anyway, that's um, that's sort of one of the one of the things that I've had for a long time. And, so and I want to ask we you, actually, we made it in the six eight, and I love a six eight. I just love it for throwing small stuff, and I'm casting a target. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've seen that. I've seen you using that that rod plenty as as well. But I want to ask you about the the anti reverse thing. I I don't understand why though. I I don't know why it makes the reel throw further. And I don't know why you can feel more with it. That, do you because know why? The clutch, the clutch is putting pressure on the spool. Okay. So if you stop it, it won't go backwards. Well, anytime you put pressure on it, anything, it, it takes away your feel for one thing. And I mean, you can, you know, look at the old 5500, Abu 5500s and 4500s. No infinite and reverse. And they were real. They wouldn't focus quite as far as the lose reel, but they were great reels. Yeah, and those and were like casting contest reels too, remember, David? They were, and yeah. especially the 4500. Yes, sir. But uh, you could feel your bait, and then all of a sudden these reels come out where the handle wouldn't go backwards, and it's like, good Lord, I can't feel anything. And I never will forget, and this is a true story, but there's a guy named KH, and, and he owns probably the the world's best real manufacturing in the world and oh. it's not in the united states but he, he is so i mean he is so tuned in to, to what makes a good product and he's the best they are K i had him at lake lanier and this has been years ago and i said kh feel how much more sensitive this this reel is and he threw it out there and he couldn't tell he couldn't tell nothing i said you can't feel that bait vibrating when it hits the water instead of waiting to get close to the boat no nope, can't do that so finally after about three or four hours i looked in my boat and i had a spinner bait with a blade about that big around spin <laughs> <laughs> spinner bait so i tied it on and threw it out there for, uh, 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 he threw it out there and he started whining. He said, hmm, this reel more sensitive. So after about four hours, he finally figured it out. And it, it took something to make a lot of vibration because a lot of people don't pay any attention. They're just whining. When something grabs hold of it and pulls their, stretches their line, they know they got one. So, uh, man, it can make you a better fisherman. That, there is no question. It, I cannot fish a crankbait without a reel like that and and what's pretty unique is i know that that's one of the few manufacturers that still make a reel like that of quality you yeah know? i mean it, 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 it really is you're, you're pretty fortunate that they're they're still making what you like <laughs> yeah man I, believe me i got i, I keep stock on them and plus, <laughs> you got I a few got, i <laughs> i've still got the original ones that i had when lose when lynn reeves started to lose 
uh, back up. What is that? Nine years ago? Yeah. Nine or 10 years ago. Sounds right. Anyway, I still have some of those and I use them every day. And because I wanted to see how long they last and man, you, you know, you can't wear them out. Were those original Lou Childries that like the one like you bought for yourself as a present? Was that a Shimano reel? Was that yes. when the one they were made by Shimano? Yeah, okay. It was a Shimano. Gotcha. And that's, that was the better ones. I, I thought they were better than when, I, when Ryobi started making them. I didn't think they were quite as good. They were still awful good. Yeah. But the Shimano, I just didn't like the handle on the Shimano. I always liked those flat paddle handles. And uh, that's something that, that sort of come out with Ryobi. And that was one of the, the real good innovations for me because of big fat paddle handle. And you knew if you heard that thing click, you better be getting a net. <laughs> it's about to go down. Your hand and pop back. You knew you better be getting a net. Oh, it was happening. It, it was happening. Okay. So back to, but we're getting off a of track, but this is awesome. Back to Bugs Island. So you were throwing the pose and then you were winding with the BB uh, or, or yeah, the BB one. And, and what was the, what was the rod at the time? What was your rod at the time? I was using a Brown and Silaplex. Okay. Uh, the same cranking rod I have today, but at that time, Browning started making those. And, you know, Browning owned Lou's for a long right, time. Right, yeah. They, they, bought, they bought Lou's, what, back in the early, maybe the, actually is in the 80s when they bought it. And, um, and that was probably it was a heavy rod, but man, that thing was so sweet and so good. It it <laughs> kept, I mean, it, it's sort of a whippy, flimsy rod, but man, you just didn't lose any fish with it. And that's that's what I was using then, and I still have some of those. I actually, I make lamps. I, I made lamps out of a bunch of them. Whenever I break one, I'd make me a little thing with a with a loose reel and you just pull the cord and then the light come on that's nice. been years ago that's been man, a long time ago. man and it's hard to break e-glass too you must have been done done something pretty rough with them well, usually you gotta shut the rod box on it and step on it <laughs> <laughs> and then it happens do i remember yeah, seeing cool. you with a lunker stick picture with a lunker stick like way back yeah i had some lunker sticks actually when i bought that loose reel they were out of the speed sticks, so I bought a lunker stick <laughs> to, to fish with my plastics on, which I very seldom ever fish. But that lunker stick was like, man, you know, pistol grip, yeah, oh, yeah. Hold, real lightweight, and boy, that really brings back memories. Uh, I think it was a HMG graphite or something. Sure. Way back then. Oh yeah, the old Fenwick HMG lunker yep. stick. Yeah, yeah, I had some of them. But for throwing my crankbait, just the old loose speed stick. It was just that, and until they started making the Silaplex, and and that's pretty much. I mean, Browning was was a big deal for me. That that got me enough funds, and don't that kept me going, and I could fish. Now, uh, don't get me wrong, it wasn't much, but it was enough to keep me going. And the, the really good people. You know, like the folks at Berkeley and the folks at Lou's, you know, that, those guys, uh, well, you know, I don't deal with anybody that ain't fun and ain't real friendly. You know, I can say precision sonar, um, 
people at Lawrence. I mean, all those guys uh, and, and women, they're just such good people. And it's sure. a pleasure to represent something. For one thing, they got the best you can buy. And that's that's sort of one of my criteria. And the other thing is, you know, they're, they're just good people, good down-home people. Good family feel. With the, that's right. And that's important that's to right. have in business partners in whatever field you're in. And, and I mean... Yeah. That's a, it's a good position to be in, David. And <laughs> it is. And it shows because basically, dude, I mean, let's get real. Your first win was a lose reel, and you're still using a lose reel now. I mean. And I'll bring you back a memory, too, from the classic. I brought this up here. Have you ever seen this? Which, I, is that, that's the plug knocker? That's my plug knocker. I remember, the, I remember at the end of the show, at the end of the classic show, you did a little tip on the plug knocker. Yeah, this thing is like from back in the, well, I used it in the 70s. And uh, they're about 20 bucks now, I think, is what Lou's gets for them. But it's a get her back lure retriever. But it's still, you know, one baiting is paid for itself. But there's no other one that works like this because when you let it down, actually, I've done a thing in 1990 on, uh, some kind of special thing, Bassmaster. That's doing. what I was but, talking about. I remember seeing it with at the end of the show. That's right. Yeah. When this hits your bait, see it tilts, and it'll reach up under a limb or a log and, and either knock it loose or grab the hooks. And, and it's coated so it don't never, you know, tear your bait up. But, Wait, they make that now? Yeah, they still make it. This is uh, this is made by uh, Loose Has These or Get Her Back Lord Retriever. And which you don't come with all this. Uh, it I got just on look, it looks just like the one from when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. And it's probably, man, if you fish a crankbait and you ain't got one of them, I mean, I, I'd lose all, which I'd lose all my good baits. And that's what I used to always say. You know, you work so hard, especially with, with Pose and Bagley and, and even Rapala. You know, to find a real good one, and then you dang sure don't want to lose it. So, all right. Uh, so, say right now, David, like right now in your life, are you more of a like, um, go get the bait if it's hung up, or are you a break it off kind of guy and keep throwing I at the juice? One man loose. You you what? I get them all loose. You do? Okay. Yeah, I do. Even even I mean. I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I got a subconscious or something. I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to break this bait off. I've never, maybe one time when I was catching them, every cast, and they were all three and four pounders at Lake Eupala, five pounders. I may have broke one off then, but I, it's probably the only time in my life. Usually I can go in there and actually I've knocked my, went in there and this happened in Lake Eupala. I got hung up in the tree and I went there. And I put my lure retriever down there and knocked my lure loose. And all of a sudden, I got a 9-1 on the end of my face. <laughs> and he wrenched me all around the tree. So my hand line, I'm, I'm pulling my lure retriever up. And Harold Allen's fishing with me. And Harold reaches over there and grabs this fish. And my line's still down there under the tree. Harold Allen. And he told Harold Allen, he yeah. told me I was the luckiest human being he had ever been in the boat. Did he use that word? You're the luckiest human being I've ever seen, or was he it did. something else? No. We'll stick with what I said. <laughs> man, I haven't heard Harold Allen in a long time. Yeah, 
that that blew my mind. I mean, because I I think I was throwing it to get my bait a little bit deeper. I think I was even throwing eight pound line, and here I am oh, in nuts. fishing standing timber and eight pound line. But usually Sounds I don't like have you. too much problem with it. But you know, sometimes you just get a little lucky. <laughs> That's pretty outstanding, man. Um, I mean the 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 whole the whole deal with with going back to to the victories and the crankbait. Um, the Bassmaster Classic again. That would be your the '93 Classic win. That's your next mm-hmm. victory after after Bugs Island, right? And and, and again, uh, a pose, another pose bait, right? Yeah. I mean, that's another pose victory, and that's yeah. it, the same combo, yeah. the same rod and reel combo. Yep. Man. Same setup, same everything. So you're you have a pretty consistent setup. I want to go back to 1990 again. What's the line? What line are you cranking with? At that time, I was using Strin, and they were actually making a line that had my name on it. And they called it Cranking Line, but it had my picture on it. Okay. And it was a copolymer monofilament. A copolymer. And copolymer is by far, if you're going to throw mono, uh, you need to throw mono. Don't, I mean, and I love, uh, fluoro and i fish with it a lot but not on my crankbaits it's just got a little it's got a lot of stretch and actually it cost me from winning <laughs> my second forest wood cut because i was trying some of it and i had it on my crankbaits and one broke my line then i realized that every time i threw my bait i broke my line and what happens it just got stretched out and started breaking wow. um, and that was a hard way to learn that deal but um but that that happened and, and most people can relate you know you got 10 pound line on you got a shaky head and you get hung up and you break your line well then you break it again and about the third or fourth time it starts breaking easier and easier because your line gets stretched out now that's like line you don't have any problem with if you go up to 12 15 or 17 but 10 pound line but that copolymer works and, and it's it's a low stretch and I, and I can tell you, it don't matter uh, what kind of line it is. And I love Berkeley Sensation. It's probably the best crankbait line out there. Okay. Um, so, okay, so hold on. Straight. I, I, I got to stop you. So you're cranking in 1990 with the, the Strin, copolymer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then in 93, you're still cranking with the copolymer? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move you up here. Because we're progressing. You'll see what I'm doing, and you know what I'm doing. You know what I'm up to. But the <laughs> Now, here's something that's pretty important in bass fishing history. Uh, you won the 93 Bassmaster Classic, okay? And then you go to the next event, and you kick everybody's butt again, all right? Well, I think you beat Denny by, like, you beat Denny. Or was that 90? I can't remember. I get it confused in my bass brain. But I think that was 93. Was it? Okay. I well, anyway, I rain man. I won't anger the year in 94. So. so at 93, it bugs again, though. That's where your next victory came after the classic, correct? Yeah. 93 or 4, whatever. I'm not sure. But, but that was, what's the bait there again? Is that still Pose? Yep. Still Pose bait? The 300, yeah. 400? I was with Pose until 2000, or maybe it was 97, 97. And that's when the people at Rapala come and they said, we want to get in the crane bait business and 
you know, Rapala was making jerk baits and all kinds of, of hard baits, but they just didn't have any any no crane boats that were yeah. any good. So uh, they had a, one to call it down deep, and it was uh, it was just different. A lot of people didn't like it because whenever it hit the bottom, it jumped to you, and people didn't like that. But, uh, <laughs> I remembered it down deep. It had that extended lip, too. Yeah, it did, and it didn't last long. You, you had to buy a sack full of them because the, the lips would, kind of material if you fish rock the lift would wear out in a day yeah i remember and not that it wouldn't run but i knew this i mean i knew that the baits were going to lose two feet in depth and that's what that's what happened to them. but but it was a good fish producing bait i once won several tournaments on them so that so that win there uh again it bugs you're still on the uh on the on the strand line in the in the lose reel po- mm-hmm. pose 300 or 400 and the browning rod. Yep. Still that combo. All right. Now the next that was everybody. <laughs> that's your that was your system. All right. Yep. Now the next deal, um, you go to Florida or uh, or to uh where'd you go to go to next? Where was your next uh victory? It might have been Okeechobee. Or no, Seminole. Seminole. 90, okay. 94 Seminole. I yep. knew it was Florida. I knew it was Florida. Yeah. And that was a trap. That was a lipless, right? Yeah. Okay. What? What? And like that was like the days of the big liplesses, right? I mean, you guys were throwing some three quarters in Florida, and a lot of people weren't doing that at the time. We were, and and I caught most of mine on a um, a hot spot. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that so reluctantly? Well, I was trying to think if that was the right name, but that's what it was. It okay. Was, it was a cool day old hot spot. Yeah. And, and I still have some in my tackle box. The old three quarter. Yep. And the thing about those spots, if I remember correctly, I hadn't thrown one in a while because of that war pig, of course, but the they, they were a little lighter. They fished a little lighter, didn't they? They did. Yeah. They did. And, uh, but unless she's doing a one ounce one, and that's what we've done with the war pig, we the war pig is probably the best drop bait out there. I mean, if you want to throw a bait out there and catch a fish on the fall, that's probably the bait you need to be throwing. Actually, the boy that won Florida called him uh, St. John's just past three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, Brian knew. Brian knew that yeah. was his uh, cleanup bait. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it was. I mean, those, like I say, we got a lot of good, well-kept secrets, and, and they're sort of getting out there, and people uh, – it's catching on, but, but <laughs> I tell you what, I, I think we got a heck of a lineup and what some things we got coming is really going to blow the market. Well, up. you keep I, saying that. It's like the fourth time you said that. So, you know, you can only say that once and then not give up more. But now I've counted four times. So what are some <laughs> of the things coming up? Okay. Would like, just, just nail it. You don't have to like. Just, come on nobody's gonna steal it i don't know what they're gonna release next so i have to ask them it's okay they said wait hold on hold on a second <laughs> yeah i got dave i got dave baltice and john on uh on speaker so i'm gonna yeah. oh dave you could say whatever you want they they said right there <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you got just give me be vague be vague new things coming up be specifically vague well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be working on another Fritz side that's a medium depth bait. 
And I think that with what we have, we're gonna, uh, it, it's going to be one of those things where it's beyond uh, okay. So uh, it should be just the same as the Fritz side, but it's going to run eight or nine feet deep. And that's one thing that's sort of on our mind and on the agenda. And obviously, uh, you know, maybe three or four dredgers uh, made to feel like wood. And with the special things that we've been trying to get a patent on to make them run four foot deeper, I think that's probably pretty close to, to happening. What about the square bowl? What are you going to do to the square bowl? Anything? <laughs> and this, these dredgers have been made oh. for probably four years. Really? So it's just a matter. Now, it ain't got the wood feel, but we've got everything else down pat. Right. So you know, all we got to do is do our little deal on the inside to make it fish like wood. But um, what'd you say? The square bowl. Uh, what are you doing with the square bowl? bowl? I don't know if we need to do anything. If, <laughs> if, you would, if I mean, that thing's just a fish catching machine. The only thing that I don't like about the square bowl and the diggers is they have that design back with the crosses on them. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and, I mean, you look at this, this is a honey shed. But that all the grooves in this bait actually changed the color a little bit. So T you got to go it back a little over, and, Dave, to to your uh -huh. uh, left. Hold it to your left. Yeah, there you go. Show. See, it's got it, it, and and this come from a guy that used to be at Berkeley, and then one of the first baits we made, and he said, "Nope, we're gonna have, we're gonna put these. I don't know what they call them. I can't. My mind's." sort of bad right now but right. uh they got grooves because everybody was doing it i said it's going to be a lot better if it's slick because it's going to show the color better it's going to put off more reflection so i would like to see that thing done so any of you guys up there at berkeley's listening to me we we need to we we probably uh as far as doing something with the action and the bait design it's as good as it gets too um this awesome. used to be their number one selling bait, and it has sacked a bunch of big ones. Um, I'd like to see a bigger square bowl, like a, a bigger than the 3.5. Yeah, we, well, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> hey, um, I, I want to keep going down these winds a little bit because we're going to see the progression okay. here. Uh, 1996 uh, Lake Minnetonka. Mm -hmm. Um, like you showed people in Minnesota how to catch fish, how they were not catching them. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, t talk to me about that victory. That was a pretty special one for you. Well, it was. And, you know, I talked to a few people and they said, man, that's a good lake, but they just don't bite crankbaits here. And that's what they wanted to hear. They won't bite crankbaits there. <laughs> went up there and, man. Dummies. Why? Um, figured out how to fish that grass with them and, and, you know, finding those, those single rocks and stuff like that, that was out there in 15, 16 feet of water right beside the grass. And man, that, 
that was fun. You that opened was fun. it up, man. You, what were you throwing that? What was that bait? Uh, the first time I was there, the one on one, I caught him on down deep. Oh, okay, gotcha. The or OG yeah, down deep, down deep. That was in like. 96 or something like that 95 96 because yeah, that was that was before the the dt the david thomas's yeah. yeah that's when i first joined up with them and we were working on some baits and um but that's uh yeah that's what i won that tournament on i won more i caught some on a pose too but i the down deep would run about two foot deeper gotcha then the best 400 pose and like I say, you'd have to tie a new one on every day because you'd wear the lip off. But um, but it, it was a killer bait, and it was something about the way that thing jumped to you, I think, was a big deal up in Minnesota. So Interesting. But, yeah, still use my loose rod and reel. 10-pound uh, line. And BB1, and uh, still – I think I'm pretty sure I'm still using the stream cranking line. I used that stuff forever until they quit and until they sold out. So okay, <laughs> and they bought them. So Remington <laughs> <laughs> bought it. And but anyway, hey, yeah, uh, '97 Forest Wood Cup champion. Yeah, pretty damn cool. Yeah, <laughs> you won a Bassmaster Classic, and now you win a Forest Wood Cup. Mm-hmm. Not two shabs. Yeah, I think there's only four or five people, four people that's done that. Yeah. If Ryan Popcorn Whitaker was here, he would know them all. Height's one yeah. of them. Davey Height's one of them. Yeah, Davey Height, uh, Dion Hibden. Hibden's, yeah, Hibden's. And yeah. uh, Lou Glossom. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it is. Yep, nailed it. Yeah, I, I mean, in uh, uh a, a special victory and um now that's that's what was i'm not sure about the bait i can't think of it what was the bait on that one where are we at i caught most of those on a pose i was pose yeah i caught most of those on a pose i, I was throwing the down deep some but they were definitely biting the pose there they weren't quite as deep and they were around a lot of wood and the pose were it was a heck of a wood bait. I mean, the, the fishing wood. Yeah. And the same uh, rod, same reel, same line. Yeah. I never, I still use the same rod, the same reel today, except <laughs> the only thing is it's got the lose name on it instead of the Browning. But it's it's the same action. Old Bob over there at Lose, he picks me up. But it, it's the same deal. And I, All right. Now, I'm moving to 2001. I'm jumping up. I'm jumping up um, here. All right. Now, I don't want to sound creepy, but I've watched this. FLW tournament a zillion times, and that's when you won on Okeechobee. And Kevin Van Dam was second, I believe. Yeah. And it was a unique situation where you both were winding plugs on the big O. Um, it was low water, and I think they're around some dynamite holes or some coral rocks or something. And man, it was pretty cool. And you, I cannot figure out the plug. What's the plug? It's a flat plug. What's mm -mm. The, no? This is the winning bait right here. That one right there? That's, that a, pose, the that's a pose like remember 300 I, or 400 or something, isn't it? 300, but remember I told you at the start of the show that I had a bait that I've won so many tournaments on. I never even throw it unless I got a chance to win. And I hadn't voted in years. And I, I actually was down there looking through an old box. And I saw this thing. 
And so I put a 22 rifle cartridge in it, hollowed out, and, and put a BB in it. <laughs> so it actually makes a click, almost like a one-knocker. Gotcha. But this thing right here has won two tournaments at Okeechobee. And Lord, where else? I mean, I don't know. I think I won two of the Hungry Fishman tournaments on it. I don't know how many red mans. I mean, this thing has won probably 10 tournaments, but this is a one of a kind bait. I mean, I never had another one that was as good as this one. And that's a and 300 I, or 400? It's a 300. Show me the bottom of that. Hold that as close to the camera, please, as you can. And over to your left a little. To over a little more, Dave, to the left, please. Okay. Now, and so you got the sure set on there? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I I designed the sure sets. Yeah, I see that, and and it's facing out. That front hook is facing forward. Yeah. And, and, don't yeah. that bind up? No. Okay. If they bite the sure set, you could always catch them. Which I, I you know, I'm gonna tell you, Fusion Thirteens have come a long way, and they have impressed me. But this was always my go-to. Uh, the sure set to catch them. But it was this bait. I don't know what it was. And I know this don't even sound real, but I would only throw this bait on the last day if I had a chance to win. Wow. I mean, that's how good this bait is. Because I was scared I'd lose it. And it had won, I don't know, I probably won 10 tournaments on it. This is the bait I got in my hand right here. So did you, is that bait right there? Like, have you had to seal it again? Have you had to, had to reseal hook holes and hook points? And well, I hadn't, I hadn't fished it in years. But I mean, when I you mean, were fishing it, did you have to do that? Did you? I just, I just found it today looking through some old oh, stuff. Oh, I'm wow. Fishing. You Okay. I got that now. Wow. And, and I've been looking for it. Not that I would use it, but. No, uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. If I got a chance to win, but <laughs> I don't think I think I got things that's better now. But but in this day, this was a king. Wow! That... I, mean, I would not take a hundred thousand dollars for this bait. And you took it. You have a, a a shell inside it. What type of shell? What gauge? It's a twenty it's a two rifle cartridge. And me and Ed Chambers did this to some of them. Uh, because we always tinkered together, you know. Ed Chambers was—he's a Zoom man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he loved crankbaits, and he and sure I'd did. go visit him all the time because he was interested in modifying stuff. And so anyway, we took some twenty-two uh, rifle cartridges and and took the bullet out, took all the stuff out, ground the, the head off just a little, and what you do, you cut the other one the word to slide inside of this one and and put you a uh he had some of these brass beads uh, maybe they was even copper i don't know but anyway give it that click 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 yeah and <laughs> <laughs> look at you you're so excited about that bait well if i and, and i showed the guys at berkeley this bait uh i think i showed spangler dan spangler this bait and told him about it. And it's just hard to believe that. But that's how Wood was. You had this one bait that no matter where you threw it, 
I mean, you can, you're going to catch hundreds of fish, hundreds. And this thing has caught thousands. So Unreal. You know, like David Fritz's secret bait is right there, and you just found yeah. it. Like and I don't even, I don't even fish it anymore. <laughs> wow, man, I don't know. You better keep but, that in the boat, Dave. I want you, I want you to look at something. Please. Now I know this is new, but uh, you know this is our fourteen five, and this is where this fourteen five comes from. And I, I'm gonna tell you what that fourteen five is a heck of a bait. This is a dredger fourteen five. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost an image, but you know we we figured out how to make water flow over these and make them run deeper. So, you know we're we're figuring out stuff, and you know most most companies when they come out with a bait, they somebody says, "Well, we got this crankbait, and they're a, a, a manufacturer. You want to sell it?" And that's how most crankbaits come around right, where we develop them. Man, I mean, uh, and that's I I'm pretty impressed by that bait. Bring, bring yeah. that. Bring That's that. where the five dredger comes from, and I'm gonna tell you that fourteen five. It will get them, and especially when we make it fish like wood here in a few years, you're really gonna see something. I want it now. I don't have a few yeah. years, Dave. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, might, bring. I might, I might go up there in a couple of weeks and just make me one. Let's go up there. Let's go up and knock on the door. I'm with you. We'll bring Matt Robertson with us too. He's the new Berkeley guy. You know him. Yeah. We'll bring him. We'll go knock down the door over there at Berkeley. Hey, can you bring that uh, pose uh, plug with you to uh, Pickwick? I want to take a look at it over there. Yeah. Now, I'll take a look at that. I, I, that's a dandy right there. Yeah, it's... Um, that needs man. to be in a museum, dude. If you're not going to throw it, put it in a damn museum. I got my rod and reel and my classic box with all the old pose that I won the classic in. It's in the Hall of Fame at, at Bass Pro Shop right now. I got I to gotta get it back because I don't want anything to happen to it. You're but. welcome for me reminding you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you, you might want to take a picture of this bait. Oh yeah, we got it. I, I'm gonna. I want to see it when I, I, I bring it to Pickwick for real. I'm gonna be out there. Look how much shine and gloss and all that good stuff is on this bait. <laughs> There's all kinds of good luck and wojo on that thing, man. That's a good. That's why it's so good. It doesn't jump out at you. It ain't. I mean, we used to you fade know, baits. One of the things uh, I think that makes this so good, and this is that the the clear Fritz side. It's like. It ain't nothing real fancy. Is that the Ray Don Chong, the AMPM uh, mini market? Is that? Yeah. It? yeah. But they, uh, man, and fish bite it. I mean, they love that color. I they love yeah. that AM Dawn or whatever yeah, it is. That morning Dawn is. Uh, I really hadn't found one that they wouldn't bite yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you ain't got the right color, just tie one on. They'll bite it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Hey, um, all right. So your last victory, okay, uh, that I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong. All right, that the uh, was 2009, Gunnersville. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Two, and that was two in a row. I won. Uh, I won the one before that on uh, Park Hill. Oh, okay, gotcha. And what was that? What was that? What was that one? It was FLW, but it was a uh, FLW series. Okay, okay. Well, and what was that was cranking too? Because I'm not, I don't remember this one. Yeah. Yep, I won that one cranking. 
I won it by actually I almost broke a record if I hadn't come in so late the first day. I got scared. I almost was late one day, <laughs> uh, the second day because of the weather. And I think, you know, I got this thing won. I'm 15 pounds ahead. So, uh, but yeah, that was a hundred thousand dollar tournament too. So, um, yeah, but I apologize. No disrespect. I did not remember that one right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I won it and it was in the, when was it in the fall of, of, uh, eight, maybe, I don't know. It was in, in the fall. Of what, of what year, Dave? One, thing, one tree, one single tree. <laughs> and they were all suspended. I just had to get my boat exactly perfect to where my bait was coming up where the fish were at. Wow. What was that and one? What was, what was that plug? Uh, rapper. That was that not, was that DTs now? Yep. That was DTs. I actually started, I catch them on the 16 and then the fish would sort of come up. And then I, I had a 14 tied on, which is, was my favorite one. Then I had a 10 tied on. And once those, once I caught one of them, I just automatically, because I pulled the fish up, it'd be right there. I could see them like, like 10 of them. So I would go to the, t either the 10 or the 14, throw it out there and just keep catching them. But, but it, that was, that was a fun deal. And then Gunnersville, I, I called every one of them on DT ten. Right, I remember. I remember that one. Yeah. And you and now was this still my? Was, I called two big ones on a jig, but everything else come on DT ten. Accidentally, you accidentally caught two big yeah, ones. Accidentally. On. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Is it, so was this still copolymer? What's the line? We're all the way in the two thousands now. Yeah. It was either sensation. And I used some braid, but see the X X nine wouldn't out, uh, and the X five, which is a heck of a line, and you could actually throw it pretty good for a crankbait. But I don't think it was out yet, so it was probably sensation. Yeah, it was definitely not out. The X nine and X five were not out in two thousand nine. I promise. Yeah, you. I don't think they uh, they haven't been out long. So you're still, but here's what I'm getting at, and everybody has been texting me all day, and they're like. Pat, please ask David Fritz again about why he cranks with braid. That sounds ridiculous. So, <laughs> well, you know, the braided line is just like that reel. It helps you feel. When you got the less stretch your line has in it, the better you can feel. And plus, you ain't got a rare back. You just sort of pull on the fish and just keep winding and you catch them. Especially if you got like fusion 13 hooks or something real good. And you're I got my bonus rod, and I'm you know, it's just a matter of just doing that. You've caught it. I mean, but but here's what I don't get, man. It just seems it seems unfathomable to me to use on a winding thing. And you and I have said this before, and you do the same grin at me and laugh at me and roll your eyes at me every time because you're a crankbait king and I'm just a talk show host. But like I you 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 were so damn good with copolymer. Like what made you switch? What what was the switch? Why? Well, I went. I don't remember if it was West Point Lake or one of those lakes, and all these fish kept getting me wrapped up in trees, breaking my line. I said I'm gonna put on something that won't break quite as easy. So I uh, I put on some braid because you know you can put on. 25 pound braid or 20 pound braid or whatever and it's 10 pound diameter sure 
And then when I done that, I noticed that, man, I can just feel everything, thing this bait does, every move that it makes. And, uh, and that sort of got me hooked on it a little bit. Uh, because no matter what anybody tells you, the, the most important thing you can ever learn about crankbait fishing is feeling that bait. The better you can feel it, the better you become. And I have told that for years, and that is absolutely, that's the bottom line. The better you can feel your bait, the more you're going to catch. The more you can feel the bait, the more you're yep. going to catch. And you switched from the cold polymer to the braid for yep. more feel. More feel. And I'm throwing some braid now, but uh, I'm throwing a coated braid. Uh along with the X5, but I've got a coated braid and I'm just about out of it. I mean, they don't even make me more, but it had a, uh, it had a mono coating on it. Oh my and goodness. Man, That's what you're throwing right now. Now That's what you're throwing at Tennessee river. I still, I still got a little bit of it, but it, it, you can actually throw it as far as mono or further with no, with zero stretch. But the problem is that the coating starts coming up. You know, uh, most people would probably last a week or two with me, usually two days. And I got to start <laughs> taking it off that much off because the, the coating comes off of it. Sure. But man alive, it, it, it's fun. I mean, it just because it throws so good. And then when Berkeley come out with the X5 and X9, I, I thought, man. And the only difference is it hadn't got that coating. And it's probably a few last yards in casting, but it's it's pretty dang good. What do you I like, mean, the nine or the five? I believe I like the five better. Okay, it, it, with it the less strands, and it doesn't seem to jam up in your spool quite as bad. And you know that's a problem with braid, especially when you're using light, you know, diameter. Uh, and and the thing that I like is. You know, you can have a high poundage and, and have eight-pound diameter. And if you're going to throw a bad shad or some of these other baits, boy, eight-pound diameter really helps that bait. It just it, it brings it to life. So what's the what size X5 are you cranking your Fritz sides with? 20-pound? Yep. Okay. So then that has a 10-pound diameter, pretty yep. close, right? Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, you can use 12-pound, but you got to remember, the heavier the line, it takes away a little bit of the action of the bait. And because you have a bait doing this, and your line's doing that, and people don't never look at that. Well, you go to a bigger line, what happens? Well, it it starts out. resisting the water a little more, so it slows this down. Sure. And it, it, it makes... It's a big deal. Well, let me ask you this. You know how everybody says in cold water that that the, the subtle are baits? Do you ever upsize your line to make the bait more subtle in cold water, or is that just nonsense? I use 10-pound test, 99.9%. .9%. One time in my life, I used 14, and that's because I was fishing a bunch of flooded bushes in, in Texas at Falcon, and they were like giant fish. I mean, <laughs> with a hundred pounds or something like that. But first day I broke all the records at 38 pounds. Five, it weighed 38 or 39. 
And then the next day that got broke. The next day it got broke again. But but it's uh, and I and I was catching every one of them cranking those those bushes. And it, it, what happened? The water had come up so fast, and the bushes were out there in about 14, 15 feet of water. And I probably could have got more bites with my lighter line, but I was really, I mean, I, I hooked the biggest fish I ever hooked in my life. And I'm talking about over 15 pounds. And he actually, I can say this now, but he actually crushed it so much that he broke the lip out of my DT. Oh my gosh. In my life. That's fierce. Wound it in, I had the lip. Damn tarpon. And that usually doesn't happen. But it, the fish was so big, he couldn't even jump. He come up and went sideways. And I thought, I mean, I could not do nothing with this fish. Oh I mean, the dude. biggest thing I've ever hooked, had hooked by far in my life. Oh my goodness, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So, it, just to get, reiterate, the changing point, the uh, the enlightenment that you had, was that you were breaking fish off, so you went to braid. And then yep. you, you didn't turn in, back. In, in timber. Say it again. In standing timber. In standing timber. It would get me and wrap me up and break my line. So you went to the braid and you haven't looked back. And you didn't change the rod and you didn't change the reel. Mm-mm. You went to the braid. Yeah. What do you do with your drag? That's got to change. Uh, not really. I mean, I, I run a light drag anyway. Because I can move my rod up, you know, this cranking rod is sort of built to lose rod. When you pick up on it, you can put a lot of pressure on fish. I mean, you really can. Okay. But, uh, it's just sort of, and I still use sensation a lot. I, I, I still like mono on my small minnow baits, and I still like mono on, on a lot of my small baits. Now, on the fritz side, that thing, it don't matter what you use on it, they're going to bite it. So <laughs> it's just fun to, to because you, you're talking about feeling every move that bait makes. You hadn't felt nothing until you throw that on braid. <laughs> I mean, I sit there and I showed the guy with me last week. I said, now what? He said, you, you hold your rod almost facing your lure. Why don't you hold your rod sideways? So I held my rod sideways and I'm winding it and you can see your rod, but you can see a lot of tension on it. Then when I held my rod and pointed at the fish and, and this moved it a few degrees, you could really see that tip thumping. I said, see how much you can see that? Well, I can feel that. So, uh, man, uh, there ain't nothing, no funner than. <laughs> Gosh, I, I don't know. I tell you all the time I'm going to try it and I still haven't. I'm sorry for lying to you, but I'm going to try. Yeah. I got to try braid. I got to. You need to try that reel. I mean, that I know. reel can make you or break you. It's just the reel is, it can help anybody in crankbait fishing, spinnerbait fishing, chatterbait fishing, any retrievable bait, it can help you. Have you ever felt you lost a fish because your reel was too slow? Nope. Never. Never. It come at you. Or... Yep. None of that. Well, you know, I'm using a seven and a half foot rod, and I got a lot of swinging power. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've I've ever lost one because it was. Only I've lost them when I went up because I used to use six fours a lot, and that's you know you're going from twenty one IPT to about twenty nine, 
28 IPT. Yeah, I'm familiar. What happens is they just they get the back hook or they knock at it because they can't catch up with it, especially because I like to wind fast. Even though I'm using a 21 IPT, I'm still winding pretty fast. Yeah, notice that. You're, you're moving. Yeah. yeah. And if you give me a, a bigger reel with a, with a higher ratio and a bigger IPT, man, I'm smoking it. I lose half the fish that bite it. Man, I, I, man, maybe, yeah, I've I've seen that. That could be baits moving too fast. But then, but then yeah. they say you can't move a bait fast enough to take it away from a bass. What's that yeah, mean? You can. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can. David Fritz says. So they're they're they're, they're 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 tracking it. You know. You might not be able to move move it so fast that he won't bite at it, but you're going to move it too fast, you won't catch him. Do you still set the drag with your lips? I've seen you yeah. do that before. Take my lips and pull it out. Because that's the that's the perfect indicator. Yeah. That's the governor, the David Fritz drag governor, like on the U-Haul. Pretty light. <laughs> that way I can put the pressure on the fish, and then if he wants to make a hard run, I just point the rod at him. It's like he's not even hooked. And he'll actually go down. You ever see a fish coming up? If you'll take that pressure off of him, he'll go back down. That you know, you know well as I do. You want to see what he looks like. You just keep on winding, and you'll get to see him. Yeah, <laughs> probably in a bad way. <laughs> That's but for sure. Going that way. <laughs> That's for sure, man. Hey, um, let's uh, let's get a little more in depth. Let's get to know you as a person. Okay, let's let's get personal and let's get a little more technical at the same time. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. are you are you okay with that? I, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> maybe is a, is a maybe. Do you consider yourself a one dimensional angler? You know, for years everybody told me I'd never be successful because all I wanted to throw was a crankbait. But that's not necessarily true. Um, I want to turn on a jig. I've caught tons of fish on plastic and actually caught quite a few fish on a spinnerbait over the years, but I'm probably as one dimensional as anybody could be. I mean, obviously anybody fishes is going to throw different things, but you got to realize when you throw one bait all the time, you learn a lot about it. Sure do. And you become very prolific at it. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and, it's it's the dance with who brung you thing with you. Yeah. You uh, you got maybe a month and a half, maybe two months out of the year that you can't catch them with some kind of crankbait. <laughs> so do you? You're okay with sink or swim when it yeah. comes to winding a plug? You, obviously, you're you're okay with it. You're yeah. com- you're comfortable with you about it. Yeah, that's a good deal, man. That's why you're successful. You know, <laughs> that's why you're successful. I mean, uh, lightning can't even stop you, can it? <laughs> it tries. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, it caught up with you. Tell us what what the heck happened to you. You got zapped. Yeah, I was at Paducah, Kentucky, fishing the Ohio River in a BASS event, and this storm came on, and I noticed that you know the sirens and stuff were going off. I'm thinking, man, and I ain't never got down in my boat, never never and i thought i'm just going to get down here and you know that was before 
you know, all our good Lorenz trolling motors, spot lock trolling motors and stuff. So, you know, you go wherever the wind blows you. And I leaned over and then all of a sudden I felt like heat run up my back. Oh, geez. Wow. And for a split second there, I guess it knocked me out because I cut my face on that little thing that I always leave mine turned, you know, where you open your front rod, your front Oh, box. yeah. Yeah. The, the latch. And it cut me, and then it fried everything in my boat. I mean, motor wouldn't crank. It fried it. Oh my god! Fried it all. And uh, then about I don't know about two weeks later, I started seeing double and triple vision. And two weeks later, yeah, probably around two weeks later, and I had to go to. What do you call an eye doctor? That's a yeah ophthalmologist that was for kids, and they put these prisms that were crossed every which way, like contacts or something. Anyway, it, it finally straightened my eyes back out. But I, I had I had a lot to deal with there for a little bit. Wow, yeah, I, I remember that man. That was crazy. Anytime you, you, you get a new respect. For lightning, I can tell you that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so are you are you uh do you have like PTSD with lightning now? Do you I mean <laughs> does it freak you out or what? No, not really, but I go look for a bridge or a boathouse or somewhere Get because it. I mean I was just out there and and um if it's real bad this day and time I go put my boat on the trailer and just wait in the parking lot if I'm not too far away. Yeah, because you, I mean, you got, you got plenty of crank yeah, to make. You, you learn a lot of respect from, I mean, nature is something you have to deal with and it can be brutal. Yeah, I, I man, I mean, and you hear about that a lot, but, uh, um, and a lot of us are so, for lack of a better term, such bass Nazis that we're going to stay out there no matter what. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we got to learn that uh, that it ain't worth it at sometimes. Well, I, I call them dummies now. I used to be a dummy. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still a dumb dumb. I, I promise. But think about this. If you didn't come in and keep yourself uh, uh, safe from the, from the lightning, then uh, you couldn't enjoy yourself any delicious watermelon, could you? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had watermelon um, Italian ice? Yes. Oh my God, it's delicious, Dave. Mm-hmm. There's it, 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 there's a place called Jody's Italian Ice around here. That sounds good. Oh my goodness, and they got watermelon, and there's little <laughs> chunks of watermelon in there, and it, oh my God, mm-hmm. it, it, it's good. But like you, you, uh, I heard that uh, that you hold the Guinness uh, Book of World Record for the most uh, amount of watermelons consumed in a lifetime. Is that is that true? <laughs> Well, it could be. I used to eat one a day during the season. <laughs> a whole watermelon. A 20 acres. Yeah, me and my son would eat one every day, sometimes two. That's a but lot I of don't melon. eat it as much as I used to. I used to just love watermelon. And I still do, but boy, I don't I don't eat it quite as much as I used to. Do you like the watermelon now or laters? Or Jolly Ranchers? <laughs> I don't know if I ever had one. Oh my uh, goodness, they're like heaven. A watermelon bubble gum, I mean chewing gum that she just bought me and it's uh it's pretty tasty. 
Make sure get yourself some watermelon Jolly Ranchers. That'd be good. Right. It'd be good for the derb. I promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll get. Hey, do you uh, do you suck at top water fishing? Pretty much. I mean, I can throw a buzz bait pretty good. I can throw uh, a devil's horse, buzz bait, devil's horse, and you know some of the older baits. I I used to love throwing a boy howdy. Oh yeah. And you know we That's have. We have at Berkeley some of the best things, top water baits, and I mean, man, alive! It seems like everything they make is is like the best they are, and 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 I probably hit that nail on the head to start with, uh, because they care about making a quality product that catches more fish, and I say that up on stage, and you know, I've I've never been around a company that says catch more fish and they mean it <laughs> but you still have problems with top water that's got to be mental that's you it is well top water for me a lot of times when they're biting top water i can find them on a little 10 foot ridge and 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 catch them a lot faster and that's usually what i'm looking for you need to channel the old days of the deadly dudley that's what you yeah. need to do Channel those old deadly. Remember those old deadly Dudleys? Yeah, did you get that from me? That used to be my favorite bait. I I know. You told me about that a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about a day? I know. I read your file, dude. I'm a bass fishing talk show host. You guys got you got to pay the light bill by catching fish. I got to pay the light bill by talking. (laughs) (laughs) You got any deadly Dudleys laying around? No, no, I wish I could. I wish I, I had some. <laughs> I played that thing every day. That was sort of one of the deals. You know, it was winding like my crankbait, but man, I caught a tremendous amount of fish on those things. I used to go up in the back of Abbott's Creek, which is on High Rock, and that's when I had a little John boat, um, a little 20 horsepower engine. And it was like, man, you know, them were the days anyway. And when you was just learning to fish and learning all kinds of new stuff and that, and they would bite that thing. And I'm thinking, man, cause I was catching all these four and five pounders and just throw it out there and wind it by a stump or wind it over a tree. And man, man, if you'd have had that on the St. John river, if you'd have been at that event, if you'd have been able to fish it, yep, <laughs> that'd have been your bait. You know, Curatuck sound, some of those, uh, tidal water in, that we have in, in, in the Carolinas and up the East Coast. That was a really good bait, too. Yeah, uh, man. Really good bait. But the Deadly man, Dudley. Yeah, I can't I can't believe you remember me telling you that. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I've been around this game a minute. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, what would you rather do? Uh, throw a Carolina rig? Uh, a biffle toe? Like a biffle bug? Type, I mean, a, you know, a, a hard head deal. Yeah. Or go flipping. Carolina rig, a hard head, or go flipping. <laughs> Pick one. Uh, that's a no brainer for me. I'm going to throw a Carolina rig. You're going to throw the ball and chain. Even though I like the Biffle book pretty good, but I, I like, I mean, I've caught so many fish on a Carolina rig over the years. It's just sort of like uh, my go to bait when, when, you know, that or a general. Uh, Berkeley makes a bait called a general. That, oh, yeah. 
And I have Carolina rigged it very successfully. And I've also put, I like to put a nail in it like that and put it on a short leader about that long. And I'm telling you some secrets now I shouldn't be telling you. Yeah, keep going. But, uh, man, that, that thing is so awesome. And it's a lot better bait than. Uh, Why you put the nail in it on a sea rig? Well, I ain't got no weight. Oh, with I no weight. There. I just got a swivel that far in front of it, like a. Oh, I missed that part. Carolina rig. Oh, you so, dirty dog! And I'm you. talking about fishing in 15, 20 feet of water with no weight, nothing but a nail in it. Is that right? And the nails in the tail? No, I like to put it right, right. If I could center it where the where the point of the hook comes out, but usually you got to put it a little forward of center. I see where the where the point comes out, so it doesn't interfere with the, the with the hook. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Man, you know that bait. Um, you know everybody's throwing senkos, and the general just lasts so much longer. Oh, the gen- I really Max think general. it's going to be a better bait. Hey, that's Max and General. I've seen it kick a senko's ass many times. That's, yeah, I have too. I mean, that thing is very. And, and another one in things that they have not many people know about, or they're learning. But man, that's a heck of a bait. Um, and I, I love it just because you get a bite on a Senko, you want to put a bait on it. Yeah. <laughs> one one bite. And Gary has given me a bunch of those things over the years, and I've caught a bunch of them on it, but I like the general. How I many uh, how many spin rods you got in that uh, in that boat? <laughs> I think somebody asked me that last week. <laughs> I don't even know how to throw a spinning reel. <laughs> It'll all get away from you. Phew! <laughs> the last time I had one was probably in the 70s. And when I threw it, about a whole water line went off with it. And that 70s? was the end of my spinning wheel days. Oh my God. So what do you so, do when you what are you gonna do when you go north? You're still gonna wind because you don't care. Hey, uh, Lose makes a, a rod in a six six and a seven, and they make it in a uh, a pro TI, a purple one. It's okay. extremely lightweight, seven foot, medium. It's just a medium. It's really, really soft. And you can throw a drop shot, a shaky head, it don't matter what. And I mean, I think I can fish it just as good as a spinning reel. The only difference is a spinning reel, you can make it drop straight down where most of the time mine's going to sort of come to me. But man, I feel a lot better with that, with that uh, Pro TI. It's a little more comfy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's like sleeping with that old lose you bought for yourself. Yeah. I had never told anybody that. that <laughs> I mean, I was just that, that proud of that reel. I mean, you know, you've wanted something for five, six, seven years and never had the money to buy it. So I, I took the money that, that I had for my graduation and bought it. So that was one that was one of my best best gifts to me ever. That, that's so awesome, man. Yeah. And and I, I relate. I saved up for a for a, a Shimanto a Shimano a Shimanto. Uh, a Shimano Bantam 100 is what I yeah. saved up for back in the day. You have to save up for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My my truck didn't come with uh, 45 inch rims back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, <laughs> all right. I got a little question for you here. I know you like uh, I know you like a uh, tasteful, tasteful music with some bite to it. Yeah. With some bite to it, like mm-hmm. uh, some Ozzy. 
some, yep. some Randy Rhodes. I mean, I see, yep. I see you got the hair, Dave. You could, you could. Yep. I mean, you got the hair for a little headbanging. I see it. I see it there. <laughs> it's quite an impressive frock you have going there right now. But uh, I got to ask you a little battle here. Take Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhodes versus David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. Like, mm. I mean, I know it's, I know that's a tough one. Yeah, I know it's tough, but. Out of that bunch right there, who's the motivator? Who's the motivator? Are you going like Tony Iommi, Ozzy? I don't know. Are you are you are you Randy Rhodes, Ozzy? Or are you yeah, Tony Iommi, I'm, Ozzy? I'm like them, but Randy Rhodes, I think he's the best guitar player that's ever been. But uh, I mean, he brings everything to life. And actually, when I was having them play Paranoid last year, I said I want the Randy Rhodes version of it. And I don't think they didn't get it, but they I'll make a call for you. Raise, but I, you know, I'm gonna stick stick with Ozzy just because I'm just a huge fan. Ozzy's amazing. I would take him fishing. You what? I would take him fishing. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Now you want? <laughs> I'm gonna make you really jealous right now. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. You ever heard of Denny Brower? Yeah. Okay. Denny Brower was doing shots. In a New York York alley with Ozzy Osbourne behind the David Letterman Studios. True story. And Ozzy was backlashing Denny's shit. He was throwing the bait, <laughs> just back, blowing it up everywhere. And 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 Denny said that Ozzy actually dinged up the limo with a Denny Brower Pro Model jig. That's pretty impressive. Are you jealous right now of Denny a little bit? Just yeah. a little? Yeah. I would have liked to have been doing that. <laughs> that's outstanding. So you're a big Ozzy fan, man. Like that's your deal. Like you, if you look at David yeah. Fritz, like some kid today would not think that you are a fan of the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> I know it. I just <laughs> like the music. I mean, it's just uh, a lot of people don't. But you know, he got more popular when he got old than he was when he was young. But I remember at a church outing, uh, it was at, at summer camp or something, and I woke up and this music was going on, mm -hmm, and it was Iron Man, and I thought, my God, that's the best thing I ever heard in my life, <laughs> and it, you know, just so different, and, uh, and here I am, probably 12 years old, but. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's amazing, and uh I, so is like that the jam? Is that your jam, the Iron Man, or is it? Is it? I mean, is that the Ozzy song to you? Is that the defining David Fritz anthem? Uh, yeah, it was. I play Paranoid. Uh, is is what it is right now. But I I like all the the Randy Rhodes combinations where you got a uh, Children of the gr Grave breaking into another song. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, combination that they done um yeah in uh flying high again that's like another good one yeah. oh my goodness yeah. it was i mean yeah. there's a lot of good ones yeah. I've, I've got it about every cd that he's made out there in my truck that's <laughs> awesome so that's what david fritz is doing when you're cruising around between derbs you're <laughs> jamming some ozzy and thinking about crankbaits and and your beautiful wife <laughs> that's, that's, and bass old time radio too now i do do that i listen to that a lot to the what radio, radio? 
Huh? Which radio, David? Radio Classics. And one has got Gunsmoke and oh, uh, all the old TV shows, uh, old radio shows. Is that on the uh, XM? Yeah, it's on XM. And it's yeah. called Classics. Yep. Oh, okay. So it's got like the shadow and all that kind of stuff too. And shadow, Long Ranger. Abbots uh, and Costellos and all them. They got them all. No yep. shit. Okay. Okay. We'll to- my favorite one's Johnny Dollar. Oh, wow. See, my pops used to like all that stuff. I remember he actually had cassettes of that because he used to listen to that stuff when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, and they, he, the shadow knows. Yeah, all. yeah. <laughs> my daughter bought me a uh, radio classic CD, <laughs> Johnny awesome. Dollar CD for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the Bassmaster Secrets of Big Bass Catching on the Elite Series Two in the mail today with my uh, Bassmaster renewal. I sure did. I check. I got it for free. But anyway, hey, um, let's uh, let's go back to technique a little. We talked a little bit about the uh, about the musical side of David Fritz, but how important to you? is boat position in crankbait fishing in correlation with your retrieve. Now think about that. Well, you heard me say that I won uh, Clark's Hill. I had to get to where my bait was coming up where the fish were at. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a boat position can be everything. I mean, it can be the difference between. That's why uh, I used to Back in the olden days, I'd look over there and somebody'd be fishing where I wanted to be fishing. And I'm thinking, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to go over and catch them when they leave. And, you know, the guy with me or Jerry would say, well, why do you think that? He said, he's right on it. I said, nah, he ain't exactly right on. And, but almost every tournament I've ever won, boat position has been a big key. Okay. So, and you, people overlook that people are always like bow position is so important yet you do it angle and boat positioning say it again angle and boat positioning is two of the most overlooked things and you do it and other professional anglers do it almost subconsciously but i see so many let's just say recreational or or weekend derb anglers that could be so much better hmm. if they would just pay attention to that little cue that little clue of boat position versus retrieve ratio do you agree with that dave i agree with it 100 percent. it's it's because i can't tell you how many times i've been fishing and i look down at my flash and i'm thinking you know what that looks like fish right under my boat and i about pull out and, and most people can't even, couldn't do that back in the day. They couldn't just move out and, and, you know, catch 20, 20, 22 pounds. I mean, it's happened to me. <laughs> 20, 22 <Yeah>. pounds. <laughs> lots, lots. Do you got that, uh, you got that live scan deal? You got that live scoper? Uh, mine hadn't come in yet. Mine's still back order. <laughs> Yeah, I but, think Cheryl's going to have it for me. I hope by the time we get to a uh, one of those kind of tournaments, but then I got to learn how to use it. Yeah, but here's the thing: like the way you fish, if you dial that thing in, that's like. I mean, I know you like the flasher. I know you got yeah. one coming on the new boat. It's probably installed by now. 
But, yeah. but I mean, think about it. Have, has that crossed your mind? How potentially yeah, yeah. dangerous you could be with the way yeah. you like to wind a plug in the combination of that live scope scan thing. I don't know what the heck you call it. Yeah. Has that crossed your mind? Has that thought crossed your mind? It has. It has. Like I say, I just got, I may have to go with one of the young guys. Let them show me how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, um, uh, we'll hook you up with a Berkeley guy. We'll get you out okay. there with, with, a dude. Okay. we'll get you out with Matt Robertson. He, but, but he, but you got to let him throw that, uh, that secret plug you got over there. Yeah. <laughs> that secret pose don't tell anybody though don't tell nobody about it but yeah i mean i think about it the 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 live scope the live scan with you and able being able to scan the perimeter is gonna like man this, <laughs> this is aoy david fritz mm-hmm. you know what i mean dude you're already yep. come in one derb and ele- and like mm-hmm. so wait, how does that work? Because you missed a derb. So how does that work with the points and stuff for you now? Well, I think they're gonna let us drop one tournament. They they sort of voted on that uh before uh St. John. So they're gonna let you drop your worst one. Oh, good for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I may, I, I, and I wanted to go so bad because I usually do real good on St. John's. I mean, but you know, I, I wasn't in no shape to go. I, 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 I know I you weren't, and it was killing you. I talked to you, and you were like, "Man, yeah. I really want to." Fi- Dang, you wanted to do the show last week on the night of the derb. I'm like, Dave, you just got over COVID. You got to rest and catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. That's right. laughs> oh my gosh. Um, hey, uh. So you never vary your system except the line. And I find that intriguing, like going all the way back to just the early, like 30 years. And the <laughs> only variation is the line. And it's simply, it's simply to, uh, to feel that's, uh, that's it, man. And you have watched a lot of crankbait anglers over the years. You've watched Kevin Van Dam. You've, mm-hmm. you've, you've, you, you've, you've, of course, watched Rick Clun. We, we all, you, you've watched uh, Jerry Lohr. You, you, you've watched him. You know, you've, uh, you've got to witness guys like, uh, like Fred Young and, and fish with, with, uh, with um, old Ed Chambers and Lee Sisson mm-hmm. and Jim Bagley. And I, I got to ask you this besides yourself, who is the, crankbait fisherman who is the crankbait fisherman to david fritz Mm. there's a few new guys coming along um i don't know probably i don't think anybody sticks with it as hard-headed as i am but i i think uh Oh, what's a boy from Texas that lives down on Falcon? Combs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he likes to wind the plug. He might be the closest thing to it. Yeah, Combs is always winding the plug. There ain't no doubt about it. He kind of lives or dies yeah. by it like you a lot of times, too. Yeah, or he winds it a lot. He'll change it up and throw a Carolina rig at him like you yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll throw <a> Carolina <laughs> Okay, so who's your favorite guy? 
Who's your favorite guy in professional fishing on the elites right now? Who you who you digging right now? Who you like watching on the Bassmaster clips? Well, I'm still sort of old school. I, I mean, uh, you know, Scott Canterbury. We fished on the USA team together, and I, I, I think a lot of Scott. And I beat him on Gunnersville one time, and, and he jokes, still jokes about it. He was leading the tournament, and I was in like eighth or ninth. And um, but and, and you know, I still think a lot of Rick Clun. Rick, uh, it's amazing that somebody that's I don't know, he's five or six, seven years older than me, or maybe ten. I don't know, but that can keep doing it at the pace he's doing it. I'm thinking, man, alive. Um, something else he's always he's always impressed me larry nixon and rick Klein was always my favorite yeah fish. larry's back at it too we just had him on a little bit ago he's he's back yeah. at it plugging away too and clun's like yeah. you clun clun's gonna live or die by the wind and yeah. he's gonna wind a spinnerbait or he's gonna wind a, a, a plug or some yeah. kind of chatter bladed deal or something he and you know what if he ain't you know if it ain't happening, it ain't happening. He's all right with it. He's he's okay with him with himself mm-hmm. about that. Hey, uh, we uh, we're, we're winding things up. I know. Uh, I know that. Uh, I know you got to get a little bit of rest and dream about get visions of sugar plums and crankbaits in your head. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> we got to figure out what we're, what we're going to do next over at Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But speaking of Berkeley, we got to. I want to talk a little bit about the Fritz side a little more, and then we're going to give away some biggins. All right, we're gonna give away eight biggins. All right, so they're and they're gonna text you the the winner. I think they talked to you about that or or something or your wife or something. They're gonna get you the winner to announce the eight biggins. But so right. there's there's basically five different Fritz sides, and and I say this proudly that I have become intimate with four of them. I do <laughs> I do I do not understand the nine yet. I have not thrown the nine. But the the junior that's an eight pound catcher there. Okay, okay. I I I true story. When one bites it, he's seven or eight pounds. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a nine then. <laughs> but I, I got I heard you say something on the Bassmaster Live the other day. And you said, I'm throwing the biggin, the 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 Fritz side five biggin, brand new this year, that and the junior. And you said that the Fritz side five biggin, you're throwing it, it has a little different action than the original five. It and does. What do you mean by that? Like, you, you didn't explain it. You, I mean, I think I know the answer. Time, but the, the, the Fritz side big one is a thinner bait. It's not quite as wide. It's a half inch longer. And the action is, I thought it was the best one. When I when I'm actually it was made when the other ones were made they just didn't come out with it. It's sort of like baits that we have now. We've got baits, but they they're just not out yet. But um, it's got more of a speed chat action, more of a a glide. Yes, probably not quite as much roll like like the regular five that's such a good crawdad action this has a more of a glide like that flap slap mega bass too if you're if you've ever seen that bait i don't know but anyway yeah yeah it's um it's definitely a big fish 
catcher. I mean, you know, I caught, man, two, should have had three five pounders the last day on it. What was the problem? Buddy, they weren't eating it right or what? Huh? They weren't eating it right? What was the problem? No, I just lost one. I just, the water was pretty dirty where I was, and it, I don't know. He just didn't get in his mouth right. So, okay, I get it. And they were biting sort of strange. I mean, either they would choke it or you'd have one hook in them. That's how I, that's how I find it a lot of times, quite frankly, on the, on the Fritz side. Yeah. But this is the way, I think it's because of the tracking, David, because I think yeah. they track that bait. But here's the thing. I would rather at least hook them with only one hook in them than not get a bite at all. You know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, you'll catch them with one hook. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get it in, you'll catch them. But I, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I still think it's got the probability of still being the best one. One thing, it runs two pit deep. So how deep does that bait run on your system, on your 10-pound line that system? Right there, six, I got it hung in six feet of water several times. Okay. And then it, my, this is a 6'8 rod, and I'd have it all the way down to to where my reel was in the water to push it loose. Well, okay. So, okay, I get it. So where were you pointing the rod on the retrieve to get that 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 depth? Is that based on what? Yeah, that's making the cast and holding the rod just a little bit off center. Okay, gotcha. And and it's uh, I love it. My my and I was I was going to tell you, one of my friends in North Carolina, um, that he runs Rock Outdoors, and they're a big Berkeley dealer too. And he went to Lake Norman, uh, what has it been three or four weeks ago? I mean, the first time of the year, and and blew them away on it. I mean, blowed them away. Won the <laughs> tournament. Uh, <clears throat> and he sent me a picture, you know, Fritz side five big one. He was tickled, but he wasn't telling too many people either. They try to keep all this stuff a secret. That, and, and, you know, we also got this junior. So I love that know, too. Yeah. It's a uh, boy. If, if you get under the right grass situations and stuff and, and, Pond fishing, up north fishing. I'm gonna tell you what. Now that thing, Junior, is the deal. It throws so really good. Action as a five. It's just a little smaller and and doesn't run quite as deep. It, it does throw really really nice too. They uh, let me tell you, if you can't throw a crankbait, I ain't coming out with it. <laughs> it, it. That's the number one thing you have to be able to throw it. Because it's no fun throwing something that you get a backlash every five or ten minutes. As as it's no fun. The the the, and, the thing with the Fritz side, I I gotta say is I don't necessarily understand the hook sizing on the on the baits, the Fusion 19s, especially on the biggin. I, I don't understand why you did that. Well, I, they seem a little small for me. Well, you can me. put some bigger hooks, but you, let me tell you something. Biggest mistake fishermen make is put too big a hooks on their bait. One thing, the smaller the hook, the less diameter, the easier it penetrates. And as long as you keep thinking like that, you're on the right track. I used to think a uh, dang lipless crankbait, when we threw rattle traps all them years, man, I got to get me a big old hook on the front. I got to do something. And still kept losing them. Then for some reason, I put number sixes on it, which is a tiny yeah, hook. Yeah, that's a like little a, one. Crappie hook. I mean, there's a six like his DT sixes got on it. 
little, little tiny hook. And I never lost one. I quit losing them. Isn't that something? And I kept telling that. I said, everybody asked me, I said, put your number six hook on the back and, you, and you'll quit losing. That's huh. what a leftless crankbait. And that's a true story. Hey, that, that's something else. And so, uh, so you throw the stock hooks like that come right on your fritz sides, right out of the package, the, the Fusion 19s yep. right there. Yep. Those are the ones you throw. There's not a hook made that will stay sharper longer than those hooks. I, that, I've been so impressed with them. And I'm not, I mean, I really have. I'm just not saying that. They are, they stay sharp. Uh, they're about the right diameter. Now, we had some that the diameter was bigger on them, but they got rid of them. They got the diameter right. And, you know, it used to be like VMC vanadium hooks. They were a thinner diameter, and you catch everything. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You see this place right here on my thumb. Well, I sit there, and I got my bait hung in a tree because I usually don't fish close to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> And I broke that thing off, and my rod fell or something and drove that hook all the way, way past the bar, and right there in my thumb. Now, oh, this my was goodness. The first day of the tournament. So, you know what I do? I go back there and cut me off a piece of braid and get that front hook off and jerk it out. But those things are dangerous. I mean, that, that's how good they are. They're, they're so good they are dangerous. They, they are they are sticky sharp. Yeah. And, um, and speaking of, uh, of sticky sharp, uh, I, I know we're in cold water season and I'm backtracking a minute before we get to the giveaway, but I got to ask you again about, I know you had a big hand in that war pig and I just got to state how amazing of a lipless, uh, plug that is. And I, I just want to ask you, do you, are you using that same 10 pound line system with the, with the war pigs, with the, you know, from the. The quarters to the three quarters. To, is that the same deal? That ten pound braid deal. If I use a quarter, I do. But when I, I like to, I like to, to, to drop fish that. I mean, that was that was the second bait that I made at Berkeley, and I actually made it with my hands with a piece of clay. Wow. And uh, and it's just it's it's a one of a kind bait. It's it's a better drop bait than it is a wine bait. And it's and it's really, really weedless. But no, I would use 14 on that. Uh just because you can get by with it. I get uh, you. Especially when I'm letting it fall on a slack line, uh diameter line ain't gonna make any difference. I'm with you. you Describe know, what it does. Is. Why is it the best on the fall? And are you pumping it? Is that the retrieve you're using the majority yeah, of the time? Because we, we designed it to be fished on the fall. Okay. And that was, that was looked at more than just retrieving it. Uh, because a bait that they will bite on the fall becomes a very versatile bait. You can fish it winding it. You can fish it pumping it. You can drop it. And you can fish from six inches of water to 50 feet or 100 feet. So what's so, what does it do special on the fall? I want you to tell us, in your opinion, why it's special. If, if you can see this bait, if you'll notice this, and this has got a lot of technology that we have in our dredgers, it, we get our vibration off the way water flows over it, not off the lip or the, the nose like most people. So what happens when it falls, you want it to do this. You want it to flutter, and you just want it to dart. 
and you want it to fall fast. That's why our three quarter is actually probably weighs a little more than three quarter. Okay. But if you'll look at it, I mean, and, and most people don't know this, it's real thin here. It's real wide down here, just like our dredgers. Yeah. And when water flows over it, it makes it do certain things. It's not like most of the lipless baits get it right here off the nose. Ours is totally different. But you want the swing action. You want it to be darting like a dying fluttering chat. And that's what a fish bite it. I am amazed at your brain. And I, I'm ama- amazed that you made that out of clay. I did. I made it with a piece of clay sitting there. I said, give me a piece of clay. And they, uh, Keith Orson went back there and got some kind of material and uh, brought it out there. And I made this thing with that. And that's sort of how we have, I tell you, we were, we've been lucky at Berkeley. A lot of things have sort of come together. I mean, I've never realized how important the water flow over a bait is. And that's what I think the greatest thing that we've ever discovered, uh, you know, along with making a bait act like wood. It's just like wood, but much more consistent. And it's the same thing, you know, we're we're innovating stuff. We're not trying to copy somebody. Uh, everybody's trying to copy us, but we're trying to innovate stuff that, that that's better, makes uh, things work better, cast better, do all the right things, and catch a lot of fish. So uh, catch more fish. Yep, that's right. That's <laughs> the best one I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Aunt Becky would think of your bait designs? Who's that? Your 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 aunt Becky. Dang, you must have read my book or something. <laughs> I mean, there's not many guys, not many pluggers out there that can say. And no disrespect to the ladies out there, that 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 lady got them into 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 fishing, and I think that's very special. Mike Iaconelli's an, an, another one. Is his, yeah. his, you know, his mom and, of course, his Uncle Don and stuff would take Mike fishing. But I, I think it's very important. Um, you know, my mom had a hand in dropping me off at uh, at places. And happy birthday today, mom, yeah. by the way, to my mom. But your Aunt Becky, your, your Aunt Becky, man, that's pretty cool. What do you think she'd think yeah. of all this, Dave? Well, you know, she always smiled. And, and she was my favorite aunt because every time I go stay with her, we'd go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was one reason, one way to become my favorite aunt. But uh, uh, she was sort of like my mom. I mean, my mom was my biggest fan. But Becky was real close to that. But uh, Becky didn't understand uh, designing lures and stuff like that. But she, she had always <laughs> she had good hair, and we'd be telling about stuff and. and she wouldn't necessarily say something, but she would just have that big smile on her face. She'd be smiling giant if she knew about that you designed the damn Fritz side. And you were yeah. and you had a hand in just about every plug that <laughs> the Bass Galaxy is winding today. Aunt Becky would be smiling giant for that. Give it up, Bass Galaxy. That's amazing stuff for David Fritz right there. The plugger. The plugger. Yeah, when you said that the other day, I, I got to thinking about it that, you know, when you said, well, you, you have probably had your hands in on the most crankbaits that has ever been made. And you know what? You're probably, uh, 
I mean, not all of them, but I've had my hands in a bunch of them and a bunch of successful ones. You, uh, you sure have. And and they've been, you talk about people, I hate to use the word copy, man, but like your designs have been emulated. Oh, yeah. Th- throughout. Well, it has for years. Uh, but I guess what's kept me successful is just, you know, not being, always being an innovator and having good folks around me that, you know, when I was with Rappling, I was with Pose and all them. I had no help. It's just what I made. And now I have a little bit of help and I have different perspectives on it. And it makes a big difference. I mean, and I listen. Uh, but <clears throat> when it really boils down to it, and I'm we're making more baits that cost five hundred to a thousand dollars a piece, <laughs> and probably going to throw it away. <laughs> You're strapping quarters to those. Hey, I want it to be a David Fritz bait. I take pride in what I do, and and it it doesn't cost that much more to have something that's a lot better, dude. I I let you guys know what better is, and that's something that I've been blessed with. That's that damn Fritz side. I didn't think I I I'm a plugger, man, and I and I've never been as impressed with a plug in so many years um, as that Fritz side. And uh, wow. I mean, wow. Let's give them away. Let's give away some biggins. That's eight biggins. I need some myself. (laughs) (laughs) You do not. You got a whole damn truck full of them probably. (laughs) You probably got. I've been on back order for a year. (laughs) I was up at St. Clair and I said, uh, I said, I got to have some number fives. And they said, well, okay, we'll send y'all, we'll, we'll get some together, send y'all we got. And I got two of them. Brad Rutherford. <laughs> Brad. Unreal. Had, the problem was he had them in his tackle box. He should have took a few out <laughs> when he had them. Oh, my gosh. David, I mean, that's that's the bait, man. Hey, you know who has them? Uh, plenty of them is omniafishing.com. They have a ton of uh, Fritz sites. Yeah. Just so you know. If you need to buy any, I can get you a discount over there. I know a couple well, of guys. Believe it or not, I've bought more than they give me. <laughs> I've done the same thing. I, I ran through Cabela's the other day to get some uh, some Biffle toes, and uh, and mm-hmm. I and I saw they had some uh, some of those uh, Fritz side fives in the. Uh, Couple they of those. Sort of, they're hard to find. They sell them faster than they make them. I, I'm telling you, it, it's nuts. It, I, I, it, it is. It right. is. I have never, in all my years with all the bait companies, I have never seen anything like it. it it's nuts. If you top that one, that's. Are you gonna have a bigger five, like a five uh, magnum? Yeah. Yeah, I like how you just answered that. You're 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 a good dude. Well, we got we got some. Okay. Couple more coming out this year, so that's just uh, a little different. But I, I ain't gonna tell you about it. But anyway, <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, can you and I go wind a plug together someday? You think? Can we go winding? Yeah, we probably can next week. All right, well, let's do that. I'll see you out there and uh, call, call bass and get it okay with them. I'll get it all okay. We'll we'll work that stuff the out. Thing but is, they just want you to ride and not fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's for, that's for sure. At least I can watch you wind. Hey, um, mm-hmm. let's give away eight Fritz Side Five 
Biggins, courtesy of Berkeley Fishing and B. Rad Rutherford, uh, right now. So do we? Do we? Do, Brad, or do you? Do you have the uh, the info, David, from everybody? It's on his phone. Oh, it's on your phone. They texted you the winner. They, oh, they did. Yeah, they they must be on your phone somewhere. Uh, so how am I going to open it up without losing you? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. yeah. Andy, you're the producer. You handle this. I can just give it away. Are you so? Uh, whisper the winner to Dave. Okay, so nobody only, listen. Yeah, so nobody listen, and he's gonna tell you the winner, <laughs> Dave. Go ahead. What's the winner, Andy? Daryl Wilson. Who, Dale Wilson. Daryl. It's D- Dave. Daryl Wilson. Daryl Wilson. Mm-hmm. Daryl Wilson. You the just won a bait of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Wilson. Magic happens on Straight Cast, the glorified version of a bass fishing talk show with Dave Hits, Dave Fritz, building all the hits right there. Eight mm-hmm. Fritz side five biggins, courtesy Dang. of uh, of Berkeley, and uh, and just uh, direct direct message the uh, Straight Cast uh, book face page. Attention, Jake, and what's the guy's name again? I I forgot already. Daryl Wilson. Daryl Wilson. Daryl Wilson. Okay. Wilson. Remember that movie, Dave? <laughs> Hey, man, I'm telling you, dude, thank you so much. for th- What do you got? What are you doing now? I see you're up to something. What is huh? What happened? Darrell Wilson. Yeah. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, he's put a message on yeah, he's already messaged. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, Daryl's a lucky guy. What do you got there, David? I see you're playing with something. Oh, this is, I found one in a store and I bought it, a red Fritz side five because you can't get them. So yeah. I found one in Chattanooga, Tennessee and I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I bought a lot more than I have. They got two orange ones. They got, or two red ones. They got a red one that's like got a little orange on the bottom and then there's a candy yeah. apple red kind of one. Yeah. I, I like yeah, we got a. We're working on a, another new red that's gonna, and, and that's something else that we have. We have all our colors are innovative. Amazing. I mean, we have a few colors. The honey shad. Honey shad's uh, awesome. Cream pie, killer. Oh yeah. And and the Can honey mom. shad. Mike, Mike Russell, myself worked on for almost two days. But let me tell you what. That is a 1975 Bagley eggshell. Yep. They had it for one year, and they lost it. I remember. They couldn't, Bagley couldn't even make them. It used to be on uh, the they, CW, on that CW crawfish on white. Yep. Yep. I remember. Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, – we take a lot of pride in how our baits look. And, and like I say, it's uh, – Sometimes there's always one color that catches them better. It sure is. Like you just gotta figure out what it is. Here's a sleeper. Do you know about the tan, Mom, Dave? You know about tan no spray tan? It's really called tan, Mom. They mislabeled it. That spray tan. I know that spray tan. Uh, that's a little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Far off of the, if this one was shiny, it would be a spray tan. <laughs> this one's got some little black bars, but it, it, that would be a spray tan. Yeah, man. And then and you didn't notice that, did you? No, I I it's did. All worn out and, but uh 
But anyway, I think the red bottom on this helped it more than anything. Uh, you, you, you know, sometimes fish want orange, but a lot of times they want red. You want red bottom, man. Yep. Dave, I can't thank you enough uh, for sharing uh, all this uh, all this knowledge with with uh, w- with us, the Bass Galaxy tonight. You uh, you let it rip tonight. You know, so, <laughs> un- unfortunately, there's a bunch of elite series anglers that watch this show and. And they, they, they might use some of this against you. I can't promise you. Well, I'm not going to tell a lie, and I'm not going to tell something I don't believe. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's what you always get with me is you're going to get a truthful what I believe. Oh my goodness! And and uh, and I am and I am thankful that the good Lord has given you, David Fritz, uh, good health and <laughs> and another year to compete in the Bassmaster Elite Series. I'm so, so stoked for that, man. Amazing, amazing stuff, David. And thanks again for the support that that you've shown this uh, show throughout the years. We appreciate it, sir. Oh, anytime, buddy. Yeah, man. And uh, I'll see you you in in Pickwick, bud. All right. Sounds good. Safe travels. Rest up. Thanks for giving away those plugs. It's David Fritz. Yes. Yes, sir. How do you like them yaptas right there? <laughs> Old Dave Fritz. Giving up the knowledge. The Fritz side magnum. I can't wait for that one. Big plug-in. That's uh, how you use them right there. So we got one more giveaway tonight. Now, this is we gave away eight Berkeley Fritz sides already. Um, and uh, so now what we are going to do is give you a $50 redemption code and i know that the 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 tag the uh the uh link has been on the on the screen all night and on the uh the uh jake the what do you call that thing andy chat board on the chatterama on the old chattero but now are we bringing jake haas on oh oh my goodness ladies and gentlemen we have a 50 dollar omnia fishing uh redemption code gift card you could buy Five more Fritz sides with those. Or you can get um, a bunch of generals, Max Scent, and put nails in them. Or um, you could go uh, on eBay, take that gift card, add $75,000 of your own, and purchase that uh, David Fritz uh, 300 pose with the special shell that him and Ed Chambers made together. That's an option, so keep that in mind. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jake Haas. Look at Jake. Jake, do tricks. Do tricks, Jake. Do tricks. Andy, do tricks, too. Everyone do tricks. I'll do tricks, too. Let's do tricks. Hey, watch this. Watch this. Hey, Jake, what's going on, man? You want to give stuff away? You're smiling. I, li- I-, I like that you're smiling, Jake. I like that you're smiling. I'm right. I'm ready to make someone's day. Are you? Because we're giving away $50. Omniafishing.com. You know what's cool about Omnia? And I know you and Andy did this, but I don't, I, sometimes I don't like typing things. But um, you guys went on Omniafishing.com and you are ambassadors. So, in other words, you guys can like, um, what's the deal with that, Andy? It It's like shop by lake. Yeah. So, in other words, so if Lan- Andy's out at uh, Lake George, over in Hobart, Indiana, and he's uh, jacking them on the tickle sprinkler. Then he's going to put in there, tickle my sprinkle, on the uh, omniafishing.com. 
Now Jake's over in Jersey, and he's uh, he's chopping him up on the old uh, on the old jackhammer. In the uh, what's the uh, what's the um the Jason Christie color called? Firecrotch. No, that's Jay Lee's color. Firecrotch. I'm talking about uh, Christie's color. The the shad, the pumpkin shad. So Jake's catching him on pumpkin shad, and you put that in the ambassador report because Lake X, which is behind Mike Iaconelli's house, they're 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 hitting the pumpkin shad. So you put that on there, and then everybody goes and buy stuff at omniafishing.com and then we give away $50 worth of gift certificates to omniafishing.com. What do you think of that? Boy, you guys are making me say you you two are so where the, I wish popcorn was here cuz you guys are just boring the shit out of me right now. Somebody talk to me. God damn it, talk to me. Who wins? Who wins, Jake? Who wins? Oh my god. Who wins? Make sounds. Who wins? The winner is <laughs> John Henning. John Henning? Are you kidding me? John did? John, John Henning. John won? John Henning? Are you serious? Andy. Andy. John won. John Henning won. Andy. You remember him? Why are you rolling your eyes and making, making faces? But no, you were giving me like... Why are you doing that John Henning again? That's what you did. Jake, he's making fun of me. Why are you John Henning? Unreal. John Henning. You guys know John Henning? Nope. His name is your name, too. John Henning Jingleheimer Schmidt. He has to direct message the uh, Straycast uh, Facebook. Attention, Jay Cos, right? Is John Henning present right now? Correct. Do you know? Because I think he has to be present to win. He was there. Where, is he there? He, he is. He said awesome. Okay, with like good. Like 16,000 exclamation I, points. I was going to take his prize away, for real, just because Andy was making sounds, grunting noises. I want to go home noises. That's what those are. So I'm. So he still wins? Yeah, he's there. Doug Henning. He's a magician, actually. <laughs> Did you know that? All right. So Andy wants to go home. Jake, you got to work early in the morning. And I'm just yes. going to keep doing bass fishing shit because that's what I do until I fall asleep. All I do is live and breathe bass fishing. That's it. Bass fishing, babes, music, running, proper bassing. And I like junk food. I need to stop, start eating healthier. I do. I, I, I need to start eating healthier. <laughs> Andy, all I, need, all I need is about two more hours to talk to the people, Andy. You got time? Sure. Jake, you got time? Yeah, so, Jake, if you could recommend a healthy diet to me, what would it be? Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew. Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew. I see. Have you ever sailed in a sea of Mountain Dew? I said to Jake as I looked at Andy. I haven't, but next week I shall. Because, believe it or not, Mountain Dew is a new sponsor of Stray Cats. Yes, you believe it? Mountain Dew. Said it enough. Not next week. Mountain Dew coming aboard. Pretty excited about that. You know who else is coming aboard next week? Gussie, Bassmaster Elite Series champion, along with uh, the Sleepjackers and the newest Sleepjacker, Matthew. He'll be here too with them. That's going to be exciting. Um, thank you so much, Berkeley Fishing, uh, for giving away the eight big 
are nice. Big and Fritz side fives. Um, thank you, OmniaFishing.com. Uh, the $50 gift card. If you are not signed up at Omnia Fishing uh, on their ambassador deal, it's a chance to get a discount on products. And uh, Omnia Fishing is always stocked. Check them out. Uh, Crestliner keeps us afloat. Power pole. Total boat control. Abu Garcia. Sims. Man, I love how warms and toasty. The Sims keeps me. KBD line and lure about his turn. War Eagle outcast tackle. Slicks. Rod covers. An assorted fighter flip jigs. Titty Cup Mountain Whiskey. Word of the week. What was that word again? Crank something. Swamp Dog. Swamp Monkey. If we said Swamp Monkey, you had to drink tonight, Luke Foley. Uh, Bravarni Bates. Dan Bravarni, thank you for being uh, with this show since day one. Dan Bravarni, he's our longest-running business partner, isn't he? Yeah. I think since show one. Show one. Uh, TH Marine. Thank you so much, Luke Duncan, Shayna, uh, for all your uh, support there. And, uh, again, year two been with TH Wow and of course the National Professional Fishing League's very own Jake Boomer competitor pro angler uh, Jake Boomer owner of Alpha Angler um, he's gonna uh, go fish some derbs for the NPFL next week. next week on uh, Ufala, I believe yes I want Fat Cat to come in like Beyonce on a string like a questionably low test string to make things dangerous so if there's a snap, it keeps things interesting. You know what I mean? With uh, something else. Hey, but we'll be back next week, and then we're off for two weeks. I'm going to Pickwick, and then we're going to film the uh, proper Bassin' Man uh, show uh, coming July 4th to a theater near you. I'm Pat Renwick. I love you, Bass Galaxy. I love bass fishing. This is what I do. This is what I breathe. This is what I live. I bid you peace. I'll see you next week. Safe travels. Stay proper, my friends. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to StrayCast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!